0: talk to Laugh Through the Pain of the U.S. Education System. We'll see you there.
1: Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Mueller She Wrote. StoryWorth is a great Father's Day gift, and it makes it easy and fun to share family stories with weekly emailed story prompts. Get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com ag. And thanks to the app called Neighbors by Ring for supporting Mueller She Wrote. If you want to help make sure your neighborhood is safe, Download the free Neighbors app today. Go to ring.com ag to download from iOS or Android app stores. That's ring.com ag.
2: My name is Renato Mariotti. I'm the host of the On Topic podcast, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote.
6: Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000
2: emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
1: Hello, and welcome to Muller, She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jalisa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. And in studio today are the Sarahs. Sarah of Valencia.
3: Hey.
1: And Sarah Lee Steiner. Hey. Whose great-grand-uncle is the founder Great of... Great-uncle. Great-uncle Carnegie Deli. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
7: Leo Steiner.
1: Yeah. So uh, that's, the, that's the Sarah Lee Steiner we have with us today. And the reason that you guys are here is because apparently we got another $100 a month patron and when you donate at the hundred dollar a month level you get to make an appearance on the show but this person did not want to make their appearance and so instead they donated their appearance to the sarahs so we're
4: very happy to have you guys
7: it's good to be here yeah thanks for that
4: yeah, no problem.
1: So uh, how was your week, everyone? Let's start with Jalisa.
4: Oh, yeah. Mine was great. I went to the fair with my girlfriend and did a show yesterday. So that was cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. Out at the
4: fair, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the big gay event of the fair. Went well. Yeah, I it hear. was amazing. Yeah, I, heard, yeah. I, I felt really good gay vibes from everyone. Aww. Good gay yeah, vibes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. How are you? What's I'm your week good.
0: like? I'm um, good. I need to find a house to live in because i'm moving, moving to wisconsin right i am i am I'm moving um pretty sad about it uh
1: we're you... also very sad
0: uh, yeah um i haven't started packing we're like leaving in, in july in a month and i still haven't found a place <laughs> i i feel like i'm kind of chill about it because yeah i'm just like oh i'll figure it out yeah
1: it's nothing's permanent too so
0: yeah, we're just there for three years.
1: You'll be back, though? Is that yeah, you coming I back here? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll,
0: yeah. we'll see what happens. I don't
1: <laughs> blame you.
3: I'm sure three years will go by faster than you would like it to, probably, <laughs> just in general, on an yeah. like existential level. You in know?
1: fact, I, three <laughs> years can't get here <laughs> soon enough because hopefully Trump won't be president <laughs> yes, anymore. Yes. Uh, but Wisconsin's actually really cool. It's a really cool place. I, I went, you know, I lived in uh, Chicago for a couple of years, and we used to go uh, visit friends in Kenosha and Madison and. We're going uh, – when we go to Minneapolis, my friend has a cabin just across the border in, <gasps> in uh, Wisconsin, not the Canadian border, <laughs> right across um, from, yeah, from Minnesota, gonna... and it's beautiful there.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to make sure that I take advantage of the new area. Just, you know, I'm really sad to leave. Like, my heart is so sad. All my family's here, my life's here, but that's military life, you know. It's okay. I'm going to make the best of it.
1: Well, thank you for your service as oh, well. Thanks. <laughs> Your Husband, eh, whatever. But to you, <laughs> thank you for your take. no, I'm kidding. Uh, tell give him a hug for me. And oh, I will. what's going on with your week?
3: Yes, uh, Jordan speaking hello. I have yes. Jordan speaking,
1: hey, you? you have a very recognizable voice. I'm not okay, even sure you good. have to announce <laughs> okay. Jordan speaking hello. <laughs> um,
3: I had a good week. I uh am moving, but. <gasps> To a closer place, <laughs> down, down the, the army, Yes, yes. Uh, so I need to. I'm. I need to pack for that. I have not been doing that. That's what I've actively <laughs> been doing this week. Is not packing.
8: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I saw Godzilla yesterday in 3D, and that <gasps> shit was real cool in 3D. Okay. And it was cast really well too. I Did thought. you see it with Russell? No, I saw it with. Uh, Ryan
1: and my little sister. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to check that out. None of you know who Russell is. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of you do. I mean, he is a comedian, but don't even worry about it. And how was your week? Um,
7: I went to my first bar class in like a year. Like been- bar method? <laughs> Yeah, kind of like that, but I go to a place called uh, Studio Bar. Please sponsor me. Your Classes are very expensive. Um, and I had to go to
1: bar class, but I, it's like the, my local pub, and I just drink. Yeah, when
7: I, I tell people that, and it also the studio is conveniently next to a Bevmo, so I can choose what kind of night I want to have. Bar class yeah. and then
1: bar
8: class. Yeah,
7: um, but I went to my first class, and that was about two days ago, and I still cannot move, and it hurts to sneeze, and um. Right. They're f- core yeah.
1: focused a lot, right? So, it was
7: everything. Like, yeah. it, it is painful just to be wearing a
1: bra right now. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Just, just take it but, off. Just don't wear one. No. Yeah.
7: no. <laughs> okay, I'll leave yeah, it on. Yeah,
1: everyone, let's just get naked right now. Yeah, and yeah, let's we'll all it. just do the show naked. We're going to get wink. so
7: many more right? subscribers. <laughs>
1: like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Video for
7: Patrons, coming
3: soon.
1: (laughs) 18 and over. So guys, we have a big show today and a big news week. Uh, Mueller, he spoke, right, for the first time since he was appointed as special counsel and probably ever uh, in my life. And then we have some thoughts about that. We also have some updates on Flynn, Stone, meet the Flynn Stones. Uh, Some thoughts on the decision to charge Assange. Uh, a Comey uh, op-ed, which I'm actually not going to go over. You guys can read it, though. He just did this op-ed where he's like, justice is important, I'm tall, I love you. (laughs) Um, I I was going to stick it into the thing, but I actually went and read it, I'm like, there's nothing really of substance in here other than he's just a tall drink of water. (laughs) So check that out uh, if you want, but we're not going to cover it. Uh, Some comforting words from Andrew McCabe. This was really important to me. I sent him an email because I was trying to figure out, like, you know, with the whole counterintelligence report, and um, normally what happens is that the FBI, CIA, and NSA would give a briefing to the Gang of Eight, like they did before um, the whole, before Mueller was appointed, and they came in, and that's when Burr, like, ran back to the White House and told him all what happened. So I'm like, now who's left at the FBI? Uh, Because we've lost the Comey Five, right? Gaddis, Bowditch, Ribicki, McCabe, and baker and then also wente if you want to get at him as the sixth they're all gone so now who's gonna who feels obligated under bar uh you know and then the fbi director is christopher ray to go and tell adam schiff a democrat like what's going on with counterintelligence i feel like who's gonna do that who's taking care of us and i, and I emailed mccabe and i was like who's gonna do it i'm scared and he was like ag don't worry don't worry there are Thousands of amazing men and women in um, the intelligence community, and they're protecting you. So Mm. don't worry. And I was like, thanks, but who and when?
0: (laughs) That's really comforting. But it was nice to get
1: a comforting email from the former director of the FBI, Uh, Annie McBabe. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Um, A new Cindy Yang Mar-a-Lago subpoena that uh, Jordan, you covered that in the in the daily episodes this Mm -hmm. week. We have an astounding revelation about the 2020 census citizenship question. Jaleesa is going to go over that in the hot notes. Trump accidentally admitted Russia helped him and then deleted the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) That was so Russia, Russia, Russia. Sure, Jan. (laughs) Um, That was a funny thing. We've got... um, a great interview with the editor-in-chief of Yahoo News, Daniel Kleidman, and the co-author of the book Russian Roulette, which we've covered here in our book club, Michael Isakoff. Really funny guys. Hosts of Skullduggery, the podcast. And they're are in, in, in the interview this week, so you don't want to miss that. So uh, we premiered the new theme song for Daily Beans by They Might Be Giants for our patrons. Um, and that was this week. And patrons also, by the way, they get our newsletter, um, our show notes. They get pre-sale tickets and... Passwords to buy VIP, you know, tickets and pre-sale before they go on sale to the general public. They get daily ad-free updates, early releases of our exclusive special coverage of the Mueller report, um, the book club early, all kinds of thank you gifts, and all. It's like three bucks a month or something like that. And um, I think we just updated some of our gifts or something like that. Yeah,
0: it's a we're working on that. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> we're working on that. But there, there's just some cool stuff you can get. So check it out. Um, plus, that is what our our you know our patron account is what pays for um, healthcare for our staff so that's important so check that out also uh, thanks to our patrons for supporting women in podcasting and you can head to patreon.com for more information on that Uh, and we're on tour June 14th a couple weeks we'll be in Minneapolis at the Parkway Theater we'll be at the Philly Pod Fest in Philadelphia July 17th Uh, Chicago's Lincoln Hall July 27th and now we can announce San Francisco at the Independent Theater on August 30th (laughs) Uh, patrons, we, we will be sending out pre-sale codes for you for San Francisco and all other shows are on sale to the public now. So just head to com for details. All right. With all that out of the way, let's get to my favorite segment, Corrections.
5: It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm
6: sorry. Oh, I made a
4: mistake. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. After hearing me regale you with stories about my bird-murdering cat, we got a few emails from bird enthusiasts. And first, I want to assure you guys that my cats are not free-roaming outdoor cats. I let Bruce Willis out into the backyard every now and again to catch some sunshine, but that's about it. But uh, this is when he caught the bird in question that I told you about, <laughs> removed his wings carefully, left them. They're they're now in his little shed where he sleeps, bird wings and a squirrel tail. <laughs> And a lizard carcass. He's that's collecting. Like... He's collecting.
0: That's like brujeria <laughs> stuff. Like he, he's he's ready to Jobu. do. It. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> making a lift a curse. Yeah. Or or something.
1: <laughs> he's he's basically he's making it so he can catch animals easier, and it just keeps piling up. Uh. So yeah, he's not a full like free roaming cat. But you all gave me a great suggestion to put a bell on his collar so he can't do a sneak. So that's what we're doing. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. I recommend that all people. Uh, who are owned by cats, get a, a bell on the collar. Also, please make sure the collar has some stretchy elastic so the cat can escape if it gets stuck on a branch. Mm-hmm. Try Bird Be Safe collar uh, at birdbesafe.com.
3: Is that did they pay for that? No. Okay, that was well, free. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's a, that's
3: a bell collar. Yeah. What if the bird's last thoughts are just like, I love the Christmas time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 They're relaxed by bells. Like, what if, what if a bell like makes them go limp? Like, uh oh. <laughs> Well. Uh, then, you know, I did my best. Uh, with regards to our story last week about Trump pardoning war criminals on, on Memorial Day, it looks like he didn't go forward with that, by the way. And I'd like to think it was because of all the backlash from the media and veterans groups. But I did say that the people he was thinking of pardoning had all been convicted already. But Gallagher has actually not been tried and convicted yet. So Trump uh, saw his plea deal on Fox News. So it would have been a preemptive pardon. Uh, we got a note from a listener about why Blumenthal asks all Trump-appointed judges if Brown v. Board of Education was decided correctly. And it's because these potential judges largely subscribe to a, jud- a judicial philosophy known as originalism, which holds that judicial ruling should be based on the intended meaning of the wording of a given statute or constitutional amendment at the time it was written, right? And uh, Brown v. Board is a widely accepted landmark case, which is clearly based on subsequent interpretation of the wording of the 14th Amendment that says separate but equal. Um, And uh, originalists would therefore have to hold that Brown v. Board was decided incorrectly Mm -hmm. if they want to stick to the originalist philosophy, which is what you have to be if you want to be on the Federalist list, you know, that Mm -hmm. list of judges that um, Republicans choose from. Uh, so, Blumenthal is forcing the appointee to have to admit their originalist views are really just an excuse for backward conservative judicial activism. So, that's why Blumenthal asks about Brown v. Board every time. And I didn't know that. That's really cool. Um, then, during a daily beans pot, I had reiterated a joke by George Carlin about anorexia. And I want you all to know that I know the seriousness of eating disorders. Um, not firsthand, though my first degree is in behavioral science with an emphasis on addictive disorders. So, and no one who battles eating disorders chooses to do so. I didn't intend for it. It was a joke that I reiterated from George Carlin. So, if you have a problem, you can email him, but he's dead. And now I'm going to get emails because I said he's dead. That's cool. Uh, I also flippantly and erroneously called Mark Meadows Tim Meadows. (laughs) My comedian brain is like, no, I think Tim Meadows is fine. He's just working on Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. (laughs) Yes, you're right. That's Mark Meadows, the asshole in uh, Congress. And then finally, there are no reliable studies that show light-haired, light-skinned folks or gingers have a higher pain threshold (laughs) or that they are more or less likely to wake up from anesthesia. Interesting. Yeah. Just you. Really? No. Yeah, that's, yeah, there's no, uh. Well, I
3: definitely was not just getting that from my own experience. I'm actually kind of a bitch, but, uh. <laughs> but it's just something that I have heard. And I could have swore that one of my doctors had said that about anesthesia as well, but probably not if there's
1: no credible studies that cite such. Sounds like a ginger hater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, All right, guys, if you have any corrections for us, please head to mullershewrote.com, click contact, select corrections, and fill out the shit sandwich form we made for you. We will get it right eventually. All right, guys, it's time for the week in Muller News, so let's get to it with just the facts. So a news story dropped at the beginning of the week and it lasted about three minutes because apparently someone saw a draft indictment of Trump in Special Counsel's office. But all that was dispelled in Mueller's public address, which we'll go we'll get to that in a minute. But not only were there no draft indictments, according to Peter Carr, spokesperson for special counsel, there were also no sealed indictments. As Mueller has said, a sealed indictment would also break the protocol. Uh, of the Office of Legal Counsel memo that is considered the longstanding policy in the Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president. In earlier episodes, we thought that would be a way to stop the clock on the statute of limitations for obstruction, which is five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, Jordan, you were wondering about something called tolling, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where if something happens in a case that prevents the person from being indicted, such as a disability, the clock would be stopped. But that doesn't apply here because being president is not a disability. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable, <laughs> although it should be. Uh, nor is it listed in the exemptions in the tolling statute, so that's why tolling isn't uh, can't be applied here. But the statute of limitations clock only starts ticking when the subject stops criming. So if Trump hmm. keeps obstructing justice, all of the previous previous instances of obstruction related to the same you know genre or the same you know I guess. Act the same subject, mm. all of those can be uh, strung together, meaning Trump would have to get reelected and then stop obstructing justice by January 20th, 2021. <laughs> and I don't think he's capable of that. No. So, or 20, yeah, 2020, 2020, January 1st, 2020.
3: Yeah, he can't just quit that cold turkey, I imagine, because mm-hmm. it's probably not going to stop. Try slow turkey. Yeah. No,
1: I don't know. Chantix. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, uh, so it's five years, and he would be out of office January 20th, 2025. So it would be January 20th, 2020. So 2020, that's an easy. That's an easy way for you to remember it, stupid face Trump. <laughs> you got to stop criming <laughs> on my birthday next year.
3: Do you think that people will really be dedicated to charging him once he leaves office? Mm-hmm. You do think so? Mm-hmm
1: i will i'll go be a lawyer right now i'll go i'll go get i'll make a citizen's arrest you
7: got enough time to go to law school right now before
0: 2020 (laughs) (laughs) that's true
1: actually there's places there's states i think vermont you can take the bar without having your jd Mm,
0: that's true so we're
1: moving to vermont Mm, yeah so i'll be the next ag in vermont ag for ag no, okay, um, but anyway, yeah, they can string all those crimes together. It's like how Mueller was able to charge Manafort with old tax and bank crimes because uh, Manafort kept criming through 2016, so the special counsel was able to roll all those crimes into the indictment. So keep keep doing your thing, buddy. We're excited for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of the prosecutors this week in the Assange case actually argued against charging him with the Espionage Act or with crimes of espionage because of the risk to the First Amendment. It's common. It's very common, though, for lawyers to argue when they're coming up with a a case for prosecutors to disagree with stuff. Uh, But the Assange case illustrates that the Trump administration is willing to go further to punish leakers of government secrets than pretty much any other administration in history. Yet he was willing to pardon dudes for war crimes. But okay, so you know, murder innocent civilians, fine. Um, Leak government documents, espionage. Um, The case against Assange was not prosecuted by the Obama administration, but it was Jeff Sessions who urged the District of Virginia to take a second look. And as it turns out, part of the reason these two prosecutors were reluctant to bring charges aside from the First Amendment concerns is that they looked at his they looked at, uh, at this thoroughly years ago and decided not to prosecute and decided not to bring charges under the Obama administration. Longtime Stone associate Andrew Miller. Uh, lost his subpoena battle this week uh, or he either that or he just agreed to testify and did so this friday at 9:30 in the morning testified for just over two hours about stone mostly uh, i'm going to talk about this in a little bit but more during the fantasy indictment league later in the show because we have some we got an indictment this week a lot of you don't know it's going to be a surprise i can't wait to tell you it's related to the Mueller case uh, also this week, federal prosecutors in D.C. have subpoenaed both uh, Mar-a-Lago and the Trump Victory Fund mm, uh, <laughs> for records related to Rub and Tuglican Cindy Yang. That's what I call her. If you forgot, she's the lady that owned the massage parlor in mm. in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, Jupiter. I just I love that name for a town.
7: Uh, Jupiter, Florida is one of the center places for when carnivals started up. It was like, where like freak shows, it was one of those locations where there was a lot of freak shows back in the day. American Horror Story um, has one of theirs set in Jupiter, Florida. I remember that. So, oh, oh, that, that one that is Jupiter? I'm, I'm like 90%
1: sure. The clown one? Yeah. Uh, uh, why? I wonder why it's called Jupiter. Because it's crazy. It's
7: Florida. It's yeah.
1: <laughs> everything's crazy there. But every time a Florida man does something, it's probably in Jupiter. Mm-hmm. I getcha. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, she's the one that uh, Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, was arrested for frequenting her massage parlor. Mm. Uh, she also not only took photos with folks like fuckboy Matt Gates, but she took photos with Chinese businessmen and sold them for access to Trump at $50,000 a pop. Uh, might be a good idea to put her on your fantasy indictment draft sometime soon. Mm-hmm.
7: Do you think 50000 was more or less than what they paid for the massage? <laughs> Way more. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, I mean, like maybe it was a really good massage. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently or was it was. Or was it a package deal? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weekend retreat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It's a whole resort, right? And they just use like gold instead of stones on your back. That's probably a fifty thousand dollar massage right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to keep the gold after that's your Ooh, payment. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> If anyone's hella rich and wants to take this idea, I think Sarah Lee needs at least like two percent
7: <laughs> maybe of the revenue. I'll I'll take one okay, percent. Cool. Um student loans are you know, the interest rates are going up, so just <laughs> I just something. had a
1: whole movie scene in my head of somebody sucking gold off somebody's dick and then having gold stick <laughs> on at the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like uh like what's her name in basketball where she sucks the chrome off of a something and she sh- anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And then she lays some carpet, like literally she gets down and starts laying carpet. Like they do all these sexual innuendos, but she literally does them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all right. I haven't seen the movie, sorry. Oh, it's so good. You need to see Basketball.
3: Yeah, I've seen the first like 20 minutes. It's I know it's iconic and I don't know why I didn't finish it.
1: It's so good. You probably fell asleep. I fall asleep during that a lot, unfortunately. It's
7: so good you'll fall asleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my uh, plug for the movie. Uh, You saw it. What would you see? Godzilla Mm -hmm. in 3D. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. Uh, All right. So an explosive, explosive story dropped this week, basically proving that Republican redistricting is totally racist and motivated solely for the purpose of disenfranchising Democrats, mostly people of color. Julissa, you have that story for us later in Hot Notes. Uh, And then somebody pull up for me... um, the the trump tweet <laughs> where he admitted <laughs> that he that he that russia helped him it starts out with russia russia russia. russia russia russia
0: russia
1: russia and he's like mad and he says something like i can't believe uh you know the russians russia disappeared and because i didn't know they helped me win the election or something like that <laughs> it's really funny and then he He misspelled something in it and then retweeted it and corrected the misspelling, but left the part where he admitted that Russia helped him. And then eventually he took the whole tweet down. Mm. And now he and then he came back on a news conference and said, I didn't say that. Um, No one helped me get elected. You know who got me elected? I got me elected. It was me. Yeah. Not voters or anything.
7: (laughs) I was was just going to say, not the millions of people who filled out a ballot. No,
1: no, not those 62 million people
7: okay i think i got it uh oh
3: why would they tease a photo in the thumbnail and then not have it in the full article vox (laughs) okay it's gotta be on images here we go russia 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 that one yeah okay (laughs) that's all you heard at the beginning of this witch hunt hoax and now russia has disappeared because i had nothing to do with russia helping me to get elected (laughs) It was a crime that didn't exist. Oh so now God. the Dems and their partner, the fake news media, da da da. Yeah, he just yeah. goes on to a
1: second <laughs> less entertaining tweet. I'm gonna
0: make a meme of that, but use Trump's face in what's her name, the <laughs> Marsha's yes, face. The yeah, from the Brady br- from the Brady Brunch. Ah. Yes. Uh, but that also, that tweet also sure, sounds Jan. like
7: when you get in
0: trouble with your parents, you know, of
7: like you stole the car and you come back and you're just like, no, I didn't even take the car. The dent was there well, that time I was driving another time. And yeah. You're like, wait, what? You weren't supposed to be driving at all. And you're like, no, I'm going
8: home. <laughs>
1: yeah, he totally ratted himself out yeah. on that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I just find it really amusing that he... And it, it, well, here's the weird thing. Everyone knows Russia helped him get elected. It's, it, we've known that since 2017 when the IC came out with their... And even before that, when it was being publicly reported. Uh, and they, they interfered to help Trump and hurt Hillary. We all know this. It's in the Mueller report. And that, that's the Bible, according to Trump, because it exonerated Don Trump Jr. because he was too stupid to crime. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a well-known fact. And then here he says it. It's so well-known, it slips out of his mouth or out of his thumbs into Twitter. And uh, then... He deletes it because he doesn't – He's that to me says he doesn't want his base to know, or he doesn't want anyone to know, that Russia helped him win the election. Um, because, I mean, that's obviously a big thing to him. Wasn't it in McCabe's book where they, he saw this poster on the front of Hope Hicks's desk of his electoral map win or something with his electoral win numbers? It's like, what a –
3: yeah, it's, like, hung and displayed or something in, the, like, the waiting area or whatever.
1: Right, yeah, like, yeah. as you have to wait to go see him. Yeah. That's small dick energy, mm. you guys. That's what that means. <laughs> yep. And that is not shaming people with small dicks, because there are big dick people who have small dick energy, so <laughs> just, <laughs> <being around laughs> just want to let you know I'm not dick-shaming. I know you guys are against that. Uh, we have a bunch <laughs> of, uh, we have, let's see... Um, There was a Stone hearing uh, this week where Stone just made up a bunch of crazy bullshit, uh, which is funny. You're going to go over that, Jordan. A quick note, though, we did get uh, um, an an order issued from Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, uh, rejecting Stone's latest attempt to challenge the designation of his case as related to the Russian hacking indictment. Remember, he was fighting that, saying these cases aren't related, um, but, but they're... They're inextricably linked because Stone is mentioned in the Russia case and Russia is mentioned in the Stone indictments. So they're inextricably linked, which means they have to be heard by the same judge. And Stone really did not want his case to be heard by Amy Bourbon Jackson. So he was trying to unrelate to the cases and she's like, nah. (laughs) So the judge, she's going to continue to be the judge. So that's good news. And then you're going to tell us about... How fucking annoyed she is by this. <laughs> a little bit later on.
7: Have you guys ever like played the what was that Outcast song where he's like, "I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, I am, I for, am real. for real." <laughs> I feel like that's perfect now <laughs> because yeah. of him. Yeah. Oh Yeah, we're gonna have to. Never did I make to make <laughs> you cry.
1: <laughs> oh, that one.
7: Yes. I apologize a million
1: times. Yeah. Yet. Okay. I know that one. That's yeah. right. I'm I forgot we have Jackson that. in that. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I think though, I think someone did a parody of it, of Trump. Uh mm-hmm. singing it. Mm-hmm. Didn't they?
4: I had a tweet where I did like the first four verses in like a parody version, but someone may have made a video. I haven't looked into it. Yeah, yeah it yeah. shows that, that
1: that comedian who does Trump and I can't remember his name. Obama, the guy the comedian who does Obama, isn't it? Also
0: Sarah,
7: put it on your meme list. Yep.
1: Yes, you're, you're make meme make a meme master.
0: Yes, I'm the meme master. Meme we'll master. take the outcast
7: video and we'll put Barr's face on it and then Mrs. Jackson's face
0: on. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on it.
3: Yeah, Sarah does, like, a lot of our memes and social media. And so does Sarah Lee, actually, right? You, like, share the Instagram. So watch our stories and look at our posts because it's it's these
1: cats. One (laughs) of my favorite ones was... Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> yes. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm that not... was my that favorite was... to do. That was
0: the first time I did a, like yeah. made a video. Like that was that. OG. <laughs>
1: Thanks,
7: guys. Yeah, that, it, was, that if was If you times. see a post that's really good, it's all Sarah oh, Valencia. Stop. And then if you see a post that's boring, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> stop.
1: Yeah, and if you see one that's rude in the morning before I've had my coffee, it's me. <laughs> Uh, I do. I get pissy in the morning. Somebody would be like, hey, um, one thing about this. And I'm like, you shut your face. I don't even fucking talk to you anymore. <laughs> and, like, I'm just so rude on Twitter in the morning. It's, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. You're anymore. not a
0: morning person.
1: I, uh, But I do my best thinking in the morning. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So my brain is alert, but I'm very defensive. Uh. Mm, wonder. Wonder why. Uh, we also have a bunch of news, a bunch of news this week about Mike Flynn. And I'm going to go over that in hot notes. And uh, I think we talk about it uh, with skullduggery too, a little bit. Mostly, mostly the Mueller part but we talk about that too and and this week house intelligence committee chair adam schiff wrote a letter to the director of national intelligence dan coats dan coats is the guy who was surprised when he found out putin was going to be visiting the white house and he's he doesn't seem like a trump guy mm-hmm. to me but he is um the director of national intelligence And uh, the letter Adam Schiff wrote to him is demanding that any attempt by Bill Barr to declassify national security information needs to be shared with his committee. So basically any request to declassify any information from any of the 17 intelligence agencies by Bill Barr in his quest to investigate the oranges of the Trump investigation needs to be explained to the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Schiff's letter came after Senator Mark Warner sent a similar letter to the FBI, CIA, and NSA, urging them to inform the Senate Intelligence Committee if Barr's declassification efforts or investigation threatened the agency's morale or independence. Um, As we all know, Trump gave unlimited declassification authority to Bill Barr for the purposes of investigating the investigation into Trump, and we spoke to Andy McCabe a couple weeks ago and learned that uh, after there was already an investigation into Russian election interference, a few things happened, right? Trump started mentioning Russia in his speeches, asking them directly to hack Hillary's uh, email. Then uh, once he was elected, he he kept doing things like he asked Comey to stop investigating Flynn. He asked for a loyalty from Comey. Then he fired Comey. Uh, then he told Lester Holt he fired Comey because of Russia. Then he told the Russians he fired Comey. <laughs> Uh, And it lifted the cloud of the Russia investigation. And then McCabe opened an investigation into whether or not Trump was uh, compromised by Russia uh, based on, what did he say, factual, articulable um, revelations. These are, you know, because he went over this in his book. You have to have a whole set of things lined up to even open or to even start an investigation and then to open one. You have to have even more. So he had he had all that. and, And he actually said it would be it would have been political for us not to. And we can't be political. So, Then Mueller was unable to find uh, sufficient evidence to prove a broader conspiracy beyond a reasonable doubt. And now Barr has ignored a subpoena to hand over the counterintelligence investigation information to Adam Schiff. So it makes sense that he wrote this letter instructing uh, the DNI to inform him of any D-class efforts made by Trump mm-hmm. uh, and the Trump Trump's attorney general. Uh, now a new segment called Man of Forfeiture. Uh, where we talk about all the shit we've seized from Manafort (laughs) in the investigation. No, that's right. We the people have now taken possession of Manafort's apartment in Trump Tower. Probably uh, the source of the server that was communicating with Alpha Bank. But uh, yeah, don't live there. It probably doesn't have sprinklers. I'm sure it's not safe. Um, It's probably got like really awful brass fixtures. Like just, ugh, I just don't even want to. You
0: should put it on Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Airbnb, that would be great. Yeah, we were thinking about... Um, Somebody said we could turn it into a blind rehab center because Trump refused to put Braille in
7: his
1: (laughs) in his uh, tower saying blind people would never live there.
7: What a dick move. How did he not get an ADA lawsuit from that? I don't know. Gosh,
1: (laughs) He might have. And then maybe he was forced to put Braille in there. Now he just hates blind people because of it because they cost him money. Yeah it's pretty stupid actually probably he had he hired probably a blind rehab work group to put the braille in and then stiffed him on the bill Mm. that's probably what happened
7: so on Airbnb would this be called the treason tower yeah
0: Yeah. 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 treason tower Mm -hmm. Mm yeah What which what would be like the gift that you we you give can
1: come oh you you get to pee on the bed
0: <gasps> that's Ooh, it it's a it's yeah. a
1: literal water bed <laughs> <laughs> everyone just comes up and takes a shit in there and Do just leaves just the- <laughs> so it's
7: essentially a hobo dam <laughs> <But> <laughs> I think also like when you get there you should probably get like. I don't, what are, like, Russian vodka just everywhere? I don't know. And, yeah, like, yeah. a bear. It's yeah, a bear, like, one, one in of those, there. like,
0: teddy nanny cams. The teddy bear nanny cams. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just randomly.
7: Yeah. I don't want to watch people
0: shit. Yeah. But cry. it's
7: only, like, a weird angle, so you can't quite see the face because it's a little too far yeah, away like, and, and it's pretty grainy. But it kind of looks like, like the cheekbones. Yeah. You guys have seen the video, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, in a weird chair far away. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why is there just a random chair there? <laughs>
3: Wait,
7: which video? The, like, supposed video of him doing the whole, like, peeing thing.
3: I didn't know that th- that existed. There... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
7: we're sharing a microphone, so we're trying to they not almost butt just heads butt right, right now. Head, yeah. it was yeah, just I was just t- trying t- not that to that make happened. out with Jordan right now. Turn this into an ASMR Kid, make, out, Kid, make, make out, make out. out, make out. No, there's, like, if you Google, I think I found it on a weird, like, Chinese website or something. Yes um we're not googling
1: anything to do with that <laughs> ever
7: it wasn't like i intentionally googled it i think i was uh-huh. googling something else and then the video was like here's the video and i was like all right i see you google mm-hmm. and i played it and it was like you know it's 2018 or when was this when was it filmed we're past you know like it looked like it was filmed on a Motorola Razor the P-tape flip was 2015. phone. Okay, but even so, like our technology is way better than that. This person <laughs> was living in like flip phone era with the most pixelated image. None of the lights are on. The camera is like like
1: the Pam and Tommy tape is clearer. Yeah,
7: yeah. and it's like thirty feet away. There's a dude in a chair, and they're like, "That's Trump," and you're like. It kind of looks like a bad Trump impersonator, but it could be him, but you're not really sure, and you're just like, uh. Now your Google ads are going
0: to be all, like, weird. Oh, <laughs> they are? Yeah. I
7: get a lot of, like, Russian yeah. things, in the, and then it's like, um, and then I get a lot of, like, make your penis larger, and I'm like, I don't have one, but okay. <laughs> so get on it. Take goat pills. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, mm, there must be a correlation between these two videos. <laughs>
1: Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's probably what it is. People who watch those videos need bigger penises. Mm -hmm. They have small dick energy, for sure. The
7: next Google search is penis enlargement. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, No emails. That was Sarah Lee Steiner. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, just throw that name out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so, anyway, this apartment, you guys, it's, it's worth 42 to 45 million dollars. Uh, that's just, just asset forfeiture from Manafort alone, making the Mueller investigation the most profitable government program since tariffs on Mexico, uh, which actually is not a profitable program. Tariffs on Mexico cost us money, not them. So whatever.
7: Not my avocados. I know.
1: Our avocado. Yeah. You all are worried about cars. We're worried about avocados here in California. Mm-hmm. Although we do, we do grow some here, but not yeah. enough, not nearly enough, but we're going to avocados. We're going to hoard them. Mm-hmm. That's That's what we should do. It was just California hoards all the avocados till the red states apologize for all their bullshit. Yes. And then once they allow abortions and build more abortion clinics, we'll hand over the avocados. Mm-hmm.
7: Actually, I don't think they eat avocados. Yeah, they? you're
1: right. Fuck. They're uh, probably like, ew,
7: it's green and mushy. No. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: sounds like a fruit That's and a or vegetable. I'm are going to eat that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Maybe we can. We. I mean, don't we supply like most of the almonds and I'm trying to think of something. Mm-hmm. Meat, right? We have We have a lot of cows here. Uh, But mostly it's in the Well, they can go
7: hunting there for their own meat. We've got the almonds, but they're definitely not a people who drink almond milk. No, Um, right. That's more of us. That's our bougie Mm -hmm. lifestyle choice.
1: I wonder if we're more lactose intolerant or just intolerant in general. Yeah, exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Our bougie, yeah. It's pretty bougie, that's for sure. But
7: if we hold back like, I don't know, bullets? Are there any bullet manufacturers in California? Mm, Probably, yeah. We don't even have a Cabela's in this state, so. Yeah. (laughs) What I
0: love, like, when people, when they, you know, the first talk about the avocados, like, I was like, oh, everyone's all, like, worried about avocados. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, there's kids in cages. Just saying, just saying. But the avocado, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Priorities. Yes. My bad.
1: Exactly. And, and and please understand that even if we don't report on the kids in the cages every week, it's not because we don't think it's important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we
7: live in San Diego. We see it firsthand. It, that's
1: true. But, you know, a lot of people don't know that or they yeah. aren't familiar with the fact that, or you know, if they're just coming in and listening to our show for the first time, they don't know that we've been screaming about it up until this point. So we do, we do sometimes get emails about that, like, how can you talk about avocados when, you know... Children are dying, and it's like okay. because
7: life is so sad right now that you have to laugh.
1: That's very true, yeah. And so avocados are funnier than children dying, mm-hmm. at least easier to make fun of. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure somebody has, but not us. All right. And for the first time ever, uh, Robert Swan Muller gave a rare televised statement about his findings. And to th- and this to me was a lot like the fact that he wrote that letter to Bill Barr. Very rare, a statement on the record to make basically make sure America knows he did not exonerate the president. Um, Basic message. Trump didn't not obstruct justice. (laughs) That's what he said. Uh, And read my fucking report. That's basically the the two main takeaways. Fortunately, you can listen to it uh, in the Mueller. She wrote um, special coverage episodes every Thursday evening. The Mueller report. You don't have to read it. You can listen to it or you can get it free on Audible or download the PDF for free or buy it on Amazon if you prefer to have a book in your hand. Uh but read the thing. You know, just read it. Now, you're not the target audience, really, because you guys pretty much know the Mueller report is basically an outline of our podcast since day one. So you don't really need to know as much as you know that woman who we saw on the news that she she was at the Justin Amash t- uh, town hall and, and who got he, he got he got a, st- he got a st- <laughs> <laughs>
8: hello
1: the end he got a standing ovation for talking about impeaching um, Trump in, in his in his district. In Michigan, I think it's in Michigan. And uh there was a woman in the audience, and she was like, I was totally surprised. I had no idea there was anything in the Mueller report that was bad about Trump until my Republican representative told me. I watch Fox News, and I didn't realize he had anything to do with obstruction of justice. And that is going to be the case for a lot of Americans. Mm-hmm. And these aren't the ones that are assholes that are screaming on Twitter. They've mm-hmm. made up their minds. They're just anti. They're in denial. These are just... Average, regular, everyday folks who watch Fox News and listen to their Republican reps and listen to the television and listen to their attorney general and their president and th- think that he's completely innocent of all these crimes. And and that's why we have to get this out there. So, I'm, I, I, you know, the message isn't really for you guys to listen to, to the podcast, but we, we, you know, obviously, please do. But. I don't know, tell somebody that you know that's maybe like that, that needs to hear it. Like, hey, just listen to this. It's funny. They're nice ladies. One's a doctor.
7: (laughs) (laughs) One's a veteran. Just say say, say that. Yeah. She's a veteran. I can say as somebody who um, (laughs) has family who's hardcore conservative and like has, you know, at one of their houses, the Fox News channel is the only channel that's on. And you listen to it, where it's like the comparison to CNN, no matter who the host is, they, they might be talking about the same subject. So it doesn't matter if you like Lemon or if you like Anderson, you're going to get the details. Whereas Fox News, each host talks about their own thing. But if they talk about the Mueller investigation, it's just straight up like, no collusion, moving on. Mm-hmm. And there really are no details about it. And even like the night of the Mueller speech, um, oh, God, who is the guy? There's a guy from San Diego who has brown hair on Fox News. I didn't mm, know, so yeah, he's from here. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name. But he, uh, like the one who hasn't been, like, had sexual harassment allegations <laughs> and is still there. The, one of the OGs that's still there. Um, his whole thing was, like, just focusing on the border tariffs. And just, like, you know, no comment, no acknowledgement of Mueller having that statement. But just, like, Mexico.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that seems to kind of be their go to shift mm-hmm. is either the Mexico trade deal or um anything else from Mexico is horrible and we have to immigration reform. It's Tucker Carlson was Tucker his name. Carlson, yeah, and
7: then he focuses Bow-tie on fucker He's yeah. from here, yeah. <laughs> he
3: kind of he kind of looks like a San Diego guy. I could see that.
7: Wait, wait, wait. La
1: Jolla. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
7: Uh, <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> he yeah.
1: smells like loose change.
7: Yeah. No. And then he'll like focus a whole hour on one person who had been deported, who came back and then committed a crime. Yeah. Like they're the one of the yeah.
1: the one of the six. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you're like, and Trump signed their photos. Do you remember that when when well, he had a press conference and had um, loved ones come up and show f- giant photos of their dead loved ones that were killed by immigrants <laughs> somehow, and then Trump autographed oh. their dead relatives photos
0: that is so appalling i know i know oh my god he's just an idiot i know know.
1: people love him it's weird it it freaks me out uh let's see (laughs) Mueller also addressed the uh option of testifying to congress saying uh he didn't really want to (laughs) um uh, but quote beyond what i've said here today and what's in the report i do not believe it's appropriate for me to speak further about the investigation the report is my testimony basically read the fucking report
7: yeah okay no so like when i was watching that in real time with a conservative family member i felt like it was him like two minutes then he walks away and it was the equivalent of when you call technical support and you're like i don't understand what's going on can you break it down for me and they're <laughs> like well we gave you a manual did you read it and you're like yeah no it's 400 pages i yeah. don't <laughs> have time for this they're like well we gave you an index and you're like "God." Ah. and then they're like okay well we're done can you fill out the survey on your experience? And you're yeah. like, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Just tell me what I need to know.
1: Yeah, it's the terms of service agreement. Yeah. that, that uh-huh. no one reads uh-huh. of, of politics.
0: We gotta talk about something really important. Hearing Robert Mueller's voice. Yes. Uh, yes. Was that the first time anybody has like has he? I I feel like that was I've the first time old videos I've heard. Like porn. And...
1: Like I felt dirty about it. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I've watched old videos of him speaking
0: it was my first time
7: yeah mine it, is. Was like, my it was first my first time. Time. it was my first time it was my first time too oh um, my, God. Oh
8: my, my dad God. was in the
1: room so it was kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> time kind of just stopped for a second how do you know it was your dad or was he kind of far away on a fuzzy camera like, out of <laughs> <laughs> i need to go take a shower <laughs> i'm so uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, A lot of people, a lot of people have asked why Mueller even bothered investigating if he knew from day one he couldn't indict the president. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's what he said. He said, quote, the opinion, the Office of Legal Counsel opinion, the one that says you can't indict a sitting president. He said that the opinion explicitly permits the investigation of a sitting president because it's important to preserve evidence while memories are fresh Mm -hmm. and documents are available. Among other things, that evidence could be used If there were co-conspirators who could be charged now and to quote
7: my conservative family member they knew they weren't gonna get far from the get-go but they wasted their time and they wasted our tax dollars and everybody who got indicted was just some bs tax charges because anybody can have issues with the irs because the tax code is so complicated that they can get you if they really wanted to and i was like okay Mm -hmm.
1: that's actually the best argument i've heard
7: so (laughs) far against it i'm like yeah well and that's from a college dropout (laughs) 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 one semester
1: uh, here's another thing he was clear about About he, Mueller said he had insufficient evidence To charge a broader conspiracy And those were his words He did not say there was no evidence of coordination There was plenty Just not enough to charge a broader conspiracy Beyond a reasonable doubt right? Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that His report says he probably could have found that evidence Had Trump cooperated and his buddies not destroyed evidence And if they didn't use encrypted apps and shit like that It would have shed shed a whole new light on Or put in a new light I think is what he said um, some of the events that, that occurred. Uh, he said he was resigning from the Department of Justice and closing the special counsel's office. Uh, the big line of the speech, of course, was if we had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. Uh, and that's what I mean by he didn't not obstruct justice. He he won't come out and say he did. And he was pretty clear about why uh, he wouldn't do that. He he says, it's it's the way he reads the office of legal counsel memo so the office of legal counsel memo says you can't indict a sitting president and the reason you can't indict a sitting president is because a person who's accused of a crime in this country needs to have his day in court mm-hmm. and you know what for whatever reason the trump the trump can't go to court <laughs> i don't know why uh, i have i need to read the the memo myself but um again because uh, shit, I've read it twice and it's still there's still a lot in there that I don't understand, <laughs> but um, maybe I'll sit down and read it with uh, like Elizabeth McLaughlin or something. She can explain it to me. But his point, and he said this, is that ev- even short of indicting the president, even if I just say he committed a crime, the man would not have the opportunity to f- defend himself uh, in w- w- through legal means because you can't indict a sitting president. So that's his read. Of the OLC memo, and that's why he's and he's just super conservative, and we knew that about him already. So that's pretty much um, why he's not even so, saying he committed a crime.
0: So basically, kind of that sentence, I remember I had to reread that. A lot of this stuff I had to like reread all over again. I kind of wanted like make my like make my own like just like dumbed down version. Like, mm-hmm. hey, basically what he's saying is that he's shady, but we can't and we can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. It, that's that's kind of like it's basically all... how I interpret
7: it. <laughs> well, it's and... honestly like we listen to the podcast and like we work with you guys, so we know what's like going on. But right. then Sarah and I are just like, so what they really mean is like <sighs> this fool. <And> they <laughs> like <laughs> okay, break it, it down dude, even yeah. further. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, just yeah. like the dummies over here. Yeah, like yeah, what?
1: No, happen? no, it totally <laughs> makes sense, right? And, and and that's why I say he didn't not obstruct justice. Yeah, because he didn't say. Trump obstructed justice. Well, he did. He just took him two hundred pages and a bunch of evidence, is what he said. He just handed over the evidence that he did, and he even handed it. Like in order to obstruct justice, you have to have three things for each occurrence. You have to have the obstructive act, and then something about a nexus of something, and then a, another thing intent. You know, and he he actually spelled out all the, that all the requirements that you need to charge someone uh, with that crime. That, you know, to meet the threshold yeah. uh, of not only being able to indict, but have that indictment stick or that charge stick to someone. So by the rules of federal criming or something.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I really learned the importance of words with mm-hmm. this whole investigation. Like I've always known words, what you say is really important, but every like everything is so strategic mm-hmm. when they're talking about this stuff. And I just thought, like, I'm just really... Like, I always knew words were important, but just from all of this, it's like, wow, you know, I really need to be careful Mm -hmm. with what I say and how I say it. Yeah. Yeah. So on Trump's last day, as he's like
7: handing over the keys to the White House to the next person and is walking out, the second he gets off those steps, can they indict him finally? Mm hmm. Oh, I can't wait. That would be so magical. Of, like, it you will. know how they do the big ceremony yeah. of like the turning over of the house and everything? And mm-hmm. then like, what if Mueller just pops out of the limo that's there to pick him up and he's like,
1: bitch, I <laughs> got you. Just grab him and take him into the shrubs. Yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> precious. Mm-hmm. I
0: told you. They hand him a Tiffany's box and he opens it and it's like
1: <laughs> handcuffs. <You've been> <laughs> You've been what if it was
7: ball, a ball, Tiffany ball. but it says return to Mueller." <laughs>
1: Oh, if found. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, Let's see. He also said, quote, when a subject of an investigation obstructs that investigation or lies to investigators, it strikes at the core of the government's effort to find out the truth and hold wrongdoers accountable. That right there is is saying the bitch obstructed justice. Why would he be talking about what obstruction of justice means if he didn't obstruct justice? Um, He also said the Constitution requires a process other than criminal justice system, other than the criminal justice system, to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. That's Jaleesa, you're tossing the mic to Papa Doc, Mm -hmm. tossing the mic to Congress, basically. Like, hey, on you both. It's your job now. You know, figure it out. Um, And to me, that said, all right, you guys impeach him. Yeah. That's up to you guys, you know. But of course, he can't say that. He's apolitical, right? He has to remain totally neutral. Um, But just the fact that he made this statement and said things like, I did not exonerate the president, co-conspirators can be charged now, obstruction strikes at the core, like just that he's saying these things was pretty amazing to me that he even just came out and did it. He was clearly so pissed Mm -hmm. uh, at Barr for mischaracterizing his findings that he's like, all right, I'll fucking make a statement, but I don't want to, you know. (laughs) I can't appear political.
7: Go give your grandma a hug. I don't want oh, to. No. <laughs> uh,
1: and then he said, I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments, that there were mul- multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election, and that allegation deserves the attention of every American. So And
0: then he dropped the mic. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Straight Boom. up, just like,
1: out. Mueller, out! <laughs> and then Trump had a temper tantrum <laughs> about uh, Mueller's public statement. He said to reporters that Mueller is conflicted. He's massively conflicted. Uh, He wanted to be my FBI director, practically begged me to be the director, and I didn't hire him, so he treats Donald Trump unfairly. He's kind of referred to himself in the third person. Oh, my God. Uh, He's conflicted over uh, golf property membership fees. Uh, He's conflicted, just massively conflicted. And then he called the members of Mueller's team the worst people in the history of the world.
0: (laughs) Really? The worst? (laughs) The worst. In the history of the
7: world. Worse than the Nazis? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The bar is low. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So much to say. So little time. (laughs) Right? I I could
1: spend (gasps) the next three hours listing off worse people. But could
7: you imagine if he became the FBI director? Like, what if he was begging to do it so he could get insider access? That would be fun.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. I don't think Robert Mueller begs no yeah. no
7: and i feel like he's a little too ethical in terms of like if he had oh, gotten yeah. a job he wouldn't have necessarily like turned over his yeah, boss but still like woof, woof. if there was a little bit of unethicalness in him <laughs>
1: <laughs> get it ladies all right um but uh, christopher ray has said he's the current fbi director installed by trump he said like no we're not spying no one's spying shut up you know i mean he's Mm -hmm. like fuck you and so he's already kind of like done dunsky with Barr and trump but he you know he's there and he's definitely a conservative definitely republican so uh let's see trump also tweeted uh we talked about this earlier the russia 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 tweet (laughs) um it's just so sad uh and you know he's he's pretty much reeling from Mueller's statement trump he's just so incensed, because even though we all knew Mueller didn't exonerate the president, no one had said it live on television for everyone to hear. And that has garnered so much attention, uh, as the Mueller statement um, did. And that's why we need to get an... Op- we uh, For me, this is why we need to open an impeachment inquiry. Get Mueller, McGahn, Donaldson, Andy Donaldson, any series of legal experts and former prosecutors to testify in publicly televised hearings. It's so important just to get it on television, mm-hmm. so that people like that woman at the, at the Amash rally... Hear it, you know, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it, you know, unfortunately, it won't air on Fox, yeah. which is. <laughs> well,
7: I mean, the the beauty of the molar speech is that it's short and it's concise, so you know, people can go out there and they can listen to the whole like what is it, three minutes essentially, and they can listen to the whole eight minutes. It's eight minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it still well, felt no, too, long. too long. Yeah. <laughs> it still felt too short.
1: I got four orgasms in, so it was eight <laughs> minutes. No. Oh Can man!
8: You? <laughs> Woo. Like <Just> clockwork.
1: <laughs> I'm totally joking. Um, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Hmm. Here emails. I feel them.
7: But I feel like, um, you know, within those eight minutes, you had multiple sound bites that could be used. On, I felt like there was a little bit of an underlying. Goal of getting those sound bites points so that they could have the potential of getting on those other news channels yeah,
1: the big one if we if we could have exonerated the president, we would have mm-hmm. but we can't. yeah, so we won't. yeah I'm still paraphrasing. Because his wording is so precise. Yeah, it is very
0: very precise.
1: Uh, And then seemingly to try to calm Trump down, um, (laughs) Barr told ABC that he disagrees with Mueller's statement that he made on television, saying he could and should have made the determination about obstruction but dropped the ball by not doing so, thereby leaving the attorney general and Snoop Dagg no choice but to draw their own conclusion without having even looked at the underlying evidence, which Barr himself admitted uh, he said when asked if he had seen the underlying evidence and he said, no, uh, but you made a call on obstruction. Yes. OK, uh, cool beans. And then, um, I, you know, I just find it really odd that he said, well, he, you know, he failed to do his job. He could have made a call on obstruction if he wanted to. And to me, if he's his boss and if you are if it's like somebody works for me and they don't do something, I'll tell him to do it like. Why would you just take it into your own hands and not be like, look, dude, I read your shit. You got to make you got to make a call Mm -hmm. on obstruction. Why would you not tell him that and then make your own decision? It doesn't make any sense. So he's lying. But we all knew that. So here we are. And the calls for impeachment are getting louder. But Pelosi doesn't want to move forward unless there's support in the Senate. And she's also trying to say that she's waiting for the American public to, to get behind it. Nadler said that, too. Uh, and I don't get that at all. Like, I don't think for one second the Senate, first of all, will ever vote to convict or remove Trump, but that's not why impeachment inquiry should be opened. not you don't you don't open an impeachment inquiry only if it's gonna be successful, right? Like cops don't arrest someone uh, only if you know they're gonna eventually be able to put him in jail. like that's not how it works.
7: no, but isn't that kind of the goal of the arrest? and I mean, Pelosi's been around the block enough that she remembers the Bill Clinton impeachment process, and it is very time-consuming, and it, it's, it's a lot of work to go through if you're not going to get the, the end results you want.
1: Yeah, but you, we need to go through that work to get the information out to the public. And if you mm-hmm. don't punish the president through impeachment, which is the only way he can be punished, uh, then you're basically telling all future shithead presidents to go ahead and do whatever you want. Crime all, crime all day. We're not going to hold you accountable. I think it makes us look mm-hmm. weak, too, to our enemies
0: yeah I feel like I'm just really disappointed in how like just just seeing how much corruption happens, um, and you don't see a whole lot of justice that goes along with that. And uh, I don't know. sometimes I get like just really sad about that. Like I just I'm like, I, it makes me not have faith in the American justice system because it's just yeah. if, to me, it just seems like, well, if you're rich, then you can get away with every with whatever you want, because if if there were anybody else to do what Trump did, they would be, they would be indicted. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is uh, depressing, and I think uh, I think uh, both Comey and McCabe covered this in their books. After nine eleven, all of our money went to counterterrorism. None of it goes to white collar crime, and even when it does, you know Manafort what, got four years mm-hmm. for yeah. stealing millions of dollars from the American mm-hmm. people and.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to be a downer Money. on that.
1: Get out! <laughs> <No>. Okay, bye! <laughs> um, but, you know, we I think we need the legal standing um, of an impeachment inquiry in the House to enforce the subpoenas and get the materials that they need to investigate. That's another thing. When you when you open an impeachment inquiry, it doesn't mean you're going to impeach or drop articles of impeachment. It just means you're investigating. When you open up that inquiry, you effectively turn the House into a grand jury. And so the subpoenas have more durability. Oddly enough, you know, you would think a congressional subpoena would like stand on its own as being something forceful. But you do have more of a legal standing to get those subpoenas through the court system faster and and so forth.
7: So what subpoenas do you think would still need to be done after the Mueller investigation? Like how much are there holes within the Mueller report that we need to further investigate?
1: No, we just need to get it on TV so people can figure out what's in the Mueller report. No one's going to read that.
7: Except us. <laughs> the nerds Except everyone's
1: here. listening. Yeah, and all yeah. of us. But um, yeah, it's just we just need to get it on television. We need to get it in front of, you know, the flyover states and people who don't pay attention to the news, who yeah. o- only listen to what maybe the attorney general said, because you're supposed to be able to trust the fucking attorney general. <laughs> and that's what's freaking me out so much is the is that I don't have any, any um, confidence that our that the Department of Justice is independent.
8: Mm
1: -hmm. That's what scares me. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only that, but we need the counterintelligence reports from the FBI about Trump being a Russian asset. Uh, And opening an inquiry, like I said, doesn't mean you even have to draw up articles of impeachment. It's just an investigation that has the word impeachment in it. (laughs) But, you know, it also gives the House the tools. It needs to stop fucking around, uh, basically. But I, I think, Julissa, you brought up this point last week where you were talking about Uh, Well, we were talking to the skullduggery guys Mm -hmm. and I think somebody had brought up the point that it at some point you're going to lose impeachment whether you open an inquiry and don't go to full impeachment or drop articles you've lost impeachment right or if you do impeach and then it goes to the House floor and you lose there and it goes to the House floor and they pass the articles of impeachment it goes to the Senate and you lose there at some point You're going to lose because the Senate will not remove and convict this people are convict and remove this president. And if you lose impeachment, that's going to be what Trump runs on in 2020. You know, I can hear it. I can hear it. Like Mm -hmm. witch hunt, no collusion, no obstruction. Then they tried to impeach me. They failed. It's a coup attempt. Um, You know, I could just hear him using it.
7: That's going to be the platform anyway. I mean, It is going to be the platform anyway.
1: He's going to say that no matter what. The Senate's never going to remove. So, you know, they, and, and, uh, some of the other arguments, his base might get electrified, you know, um, after, after this. Um, maybe, maybe Trump wants to be impeached. Fine. Let's, let's do it. But the decision to open an inquiry shouldn't be, should be based on nothing but two facts. The president broke the law and it's Congress's duty. Those are, those are the only two things that you should be considering when none of, none of the, you know, what if it electrifies his base? We can't do other shit in Congress um, uh, like health care or the Senate's not on board. I, I, I just there's those are all empty arguments to me. There's no proof, first of all, in the history of the world um, that impeachment of Trump would hurt the Democrats. Secondly, we can we can do other shit while we run an impeachment inquiry, and not that it matters because Turtle Dick Mitch has blocked every single bill that the House has passed. So even if we write bills, then he's not going to even bring them to a vote in the Senate. We can't get anything done until we, over until we flip the Senate mm-hmm. in twenty twenty. Come on, do it, uh. And you know, the Senate's never. Going to be on board because half of them took Russian money, <laughs> either from straw donors or the RNC, where both deputy finance directors had to resign for being fucking gross, or from the National Rifle Association, dark money donors, that Steve Mnuchin gave a pass to last July when he changed the rules saying 501c4s don't have to report the names of their donors. And he's under investigation by Tish James, by the way, in New York for that right now. So that's cool. Yeah, Tish James filed that thing like, hey, Mnuchin, I asked you for a bunch of documents about why you decided to change your policy on <laughs> NRA not having to name their donors.
4: You never gave me anything. I'm fucking suing you now. I have a slogan idea for them. They could do a uh, dark money, light treason. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I hear a song, too. Oh,
1: let's, let's make it happen. But anyway, stop fucking around. Open an impeachment inquiry. We'll be right back. Muller She Wrote is brought to you by StoryWorth. StoryWorth makes a great Father's Day gift and you can get it last minute. So that really helps me out because I always do everything last minute. So how does it work? Well, basically you purchase a subscription for someone you love like your dad. I got one for my mom uh, for Mother's Day. But this is a great gift for anyone you want to connect with in your family or even outside of your family. And each week basically StoryWorth sends that person an email with a question about their life. Then they they reply to that email with their story or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. And after a year's worth of stories they're all bound together in a really neat hardcover book it's a great way uh, to bridge distance or learn more about people you love and with your subscription your loved one will get a story prompt each week and you can edit these questions too and they get one each week for a year and they can respond like I said by email on the web or in the app and you can even upload photos with it and you can invite anyone in your circle to receive the stories so like you can You know, if you're getting one for your dad, you can have all the whole rest of the family get the emails and get the stories. And they're all secure and private, so only the people you choose to see these stories will get to see them. I've learned so much about my mom I didn't know before. One of my favorites is she was asked if she ever won anything, and she started out with a story about winning a bunch of money playing bingo, but she finished by telling us the best prize is her family. I know I love this so much I'm getting a subscription from my Uncle Rick for Father's Day he's my dad's brother and I'm looking forward to hearing all his amazing stories um, my dad's side of the family lives in the Midwest so we don't get to talk much so it'll be really nice to have that kind of deeper connection with them and I'm really looking forward to just I don't know hearing more often from, from my Uncle Rick so right now StoryWorth has a special offer for our listeners get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com slash ag that's storyworth.com slash ag you'll be glad you did
7: So Renato, do you still have your own podcast?
2: Yeah, it's complicated.
7: What's so complicated about a podcast?
2: That's the name of the podcast, remember?
7: Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news?
2: You bet, but we'll have a new name because we're gonna be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news.
7: Working together?
2: Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember?
7: Oh, right, wait. Does that mean our podcast is going to have a steam mop segment?
2: Let's not get carried away, but we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts, as well as YouTube.
1: All right. Welcome back. Hot notes. Alright guys, welcome back. Before we get to Hot Notes, I just wanted to thank the Sarahs for coming in. They gotta head out, so we're gonna say bye to them.
0: Bye! Bye! Thanks for having us. This is really cool. This is the first time I'm like in an actual, like, legit microphone. Legit. Podcast. (laughs) Podcast microphone. Legit.
1: i guess we did i guess we're pretty legit yeah Yeah,
7: i'd say so totally not just like in a random room in a (laughs) house with curtains for soundproofing no and a cat and a cat that's snoring by my foot no yeah oh is he snoring yeah
1: (laughs) he snores pretty loud we got to get a microphone on him you're right
7: yes a little (laughs) like patreon bonus
1: just asmr cat Ah, asmr cat so (laughs) where can uh, where can our listeners find you guys
0: um, they can find me on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handle is SH underscore Valencia. Mm. So you guys if you wanna follow me, that's how to find me. Yeah.
1: And what do you do for our show?
0: I'm behind the scenes, obs, Um and I do ob's? Obs, <laughs> um, <laughs> And I uh, I do the a uh, lot like the merch. So <laughs> It's, Merchandising it's, director. Just, it's just She's me doing room. the merch. Everyone's like, where's my stuff? I'm like, it's coming. It's, it's, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. me. I promise it's coming. Like,
4: homie, it's
7: just us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just us. And, Sarah Lee, what do you do? I do the marketing. I help out with some of that merch and some of that social media stuff. Woo. Yeah.
1: And where can they find you?
7: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Lee Magic. S A
1: R A L E E? Yeah. Just like the bread oh and nobody does it
7: like exactly and then um i'm also on a podcast that if anyone likes dungeons and dragons we do a live role play <laughs> don't laugh at my podcast are you the
1: damian Mercado one awful, yes awful the one that we yeah
7: we're on awful neutral and i believe you're going to be coming on with us at some point yes. can you do the voice please
1: i play gutch
7: um, I'm an elf who identifies as a fairy. I'm down to four packs a day.
8: I, I've never been four so proud.
7: Packs a day. Yeah, I've got a
0: robot arm, but it's a jelly hand. That sounds really useful.
7: And my middle finger is
1: a cigarette lighter.
0: That's convenient.
1: So it, convenient. When I was creating my character, it didn't ask me any of those questions.
7: I um I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, so I just went with it, and I'm having a a heck of a time. I'm, I'm going to be a giant. If you need like some comedic release, and you just it's a the most ridiculous thing I've ever been a part of, and it is so much fun. Yeah,
1: I'm coming on that show, and I'm bringing my friend Caleb Cleveland, who who wrote the um, ABCs of D and D. Nice. And he's an illustrator. He illustrates for D and D. Yeah. Um, like. The actual, not mm-hmm. just like in his spare time with his pet no, tarantula, like, those, like he f- like he draws for them.
7: Dirt and the the art's amazing. Yeah. So that look out for that. Ag will be coming. I think maybe Jordan will be coming
1: someday. Yes. Awful neutral.
3: Yes, I got intimidated by the character creation time. Like amount of time that that would take, but Damien's reassured me it doesn't take that much time, so I'm just gonna go through it and do the thing that it sounds like you've already done. Took me like and, maybe 10 minutes or so. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking of be spending like an hour sitting there like trying out new voices yeah. in the mirror or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. Okay, cool. Yes, you
7: can just be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so but we were we were joking around like what kind of character would A G be, and if she was like we have an evil dictator in our world called Lord Privilington. I can't I can't see it. Um. Um, but he's like the master bro that oversees oh. Flame Festival and like all this stuff that's going on. The master bro, yeah. But essentially, like, what if AG just came in on her character? What's to like look into indicting our our like Lord Privlington? <laughs> just like
1: <laughs> that would be I'd be the Attorney General. Yeah. Of D and D. we were like amazing. this could a be good. AG of D and D. Yeah, that'd that be me. beautiful. Cool. Well, you guys have a great day, and yes. thanks so much for, thanks stopping for
0: having us. Bye. Bye.
1: All right, guys, uh, today for Hot Notes Jordan, you have all the stuff on Roger Stone, but first, Jalisa tell us uh, another reason Republicans are racist.
4: Yeah, oh gosh, where do I begin? Um, So Thomas Hoffler, he is what's considered to be the Michelangelo of gerrymandering according to the New York Times. He had a huge (laughs) role in the citizenship question being added to the 2020 census. So this was actually discovered almost a year after he died by his estranged daughter. It's kind of like a mysterious horror movie plot. Um, She recently found hard drives in his home that revealed Hoffler wrote a study in 2015 that said adding a citizenship question to the census would, quote, allow Republicans to draft even more extreme gerrymandered maps to stymie Democrats. So, yeah, the whole point of this question we're now figuring out, which we suspect it was racist, we now have proof, is just to help Republicans. In fact, months after urging Trump and his team to add the question, Hoffler even wrote the key parts of a draft Justice Department letter that claimed the question was needed to, quote, enforce the the 1965 voting rights act so somehow their excuse for all of this is that it's for the good of the minorities it's like hey we just want to enforce something that already exists make sure that it's all good you know it's sort of
1: that russian thing that whole like play to where if you know if you're doing something say it's for the opposite reason so like if you're being racist say it's to combat racism
4: right just to throw off a sin right (laughs) like not even just
1: something that it's not like don't just lie about it say the acts like the exact opposite thing right
4: right just totally calling their bluff yeah yeah. it's ridiculous um and all these documents have been cited in a federal court filing now uh by opponents of the citizenship question and as many of you already know the supreme court is soon expected to rule on legality of the question of course some critics are saying that by adding the question the trump administration would be deterring immigrants from being counted and quote shift political power to it says bitch republican areas <laughs> i don't even know how, that, how that typo <laughs> happened <laughs> but i mean it i now mean it bitch republican yeah, <laughs> yeah i like it bitch ass um pretty much if these people aren't speaking up and having their existence acknowledged then they have no representation like no funds will be sent to them the people won't even consider them in, in major policies so it's, it just sucks for minority communities and the justices are expected to make a final ruling before their term is up in late june so i mean it's now um, it, well you know this. yeah month. and apparently they didn't yeah, get this weeks.
1: information uh, before mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if they're going to take this information this new information from and this dead guy I really into hope account So
4: really I mean it's it's such a big deal I wonder if you could
1: refile like new evidence came to light there's oh. got to be some way that like, I think SCOTUS, that happens all the time yeah.
8: yeah
4: yeah yeah so there's at least a filing that may be separate from the, the court but like this is a federal court filing in itself these documents yeah mm-hmm. but you're saying it might not be considered in the supreme court case right sorry right? Right, they've mm-hmm. already Heard the arguments. Wow. Mm. Well, I hope this this counts for something. Then maybe they can bring it up again. Um, yeah, that's, that's what really I'm concerning. Like file like say we. The yeah. Evidence
1: came to light.
3: You know.
4: Yeah. I really hope so. Otherwise,
3: why would they file it in a federal court just mm-hmm. to get it on the
4: record, just on principle mm. or something? Yeah, or it,
3: it has to relate to something. I right. imagine. Raise
4: awareness, I guess. Well well I did learn um, from a correction this week that uh, when I mentioned the midweek that in nearly 230 years the census has never included a question about citizenship apparently it has in the past but it's been like scrapped and then like, that was like in the 1800s like that doesn't make any sense oh, it's been a long ass time America damn um, yeah I'm just bad at math <laughs> but yeah apparently they've addressed this before and, and, and the idea was scrapped and they made like a whole new census because it was just such a stupid idea so yeah now we're back to the 1800s I guess make America oh. Great oh. again right oh, oh
1: no yeah, yeah that was a really great time definitely for me a for black Beethoven, gay woman that, specifically yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah exactly you had the best time oh yeah yes. take me
4: back just <laughs> exclusively eating cured meats <laughs> <laughs> chitlins <laughs> all right well yeah that's that we'll see what happens yeah. this month well, yeah. thanks for that hot note thank you thank you,
1: thank you. you. jordan Tell me all the ways Roger Stone annoyed Judge Jackson this week.
3: <laughs> yeah, so Stone's lawyers filed some motions. Uh, <laughs> they were in Judge Amy Berman Jackson's court. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the most official-sounding way to introduce what they did. filed some motions. Mm-hmm. So they were in her court on Thursday with uh, another round of arguments that were all voted most likely to fail in high school. Fun fact. Uh, so first, they argued that Stone can't be charged with lying to Congress because in order for that to happen... Congress has to give the criminal referral to prosecutors. His attorney said that it is up to Congress to enforce its own rules, but actually, uh, that's not what's supposed to happen because the body that makes the laws should not also be the body enforcing them. That's kind of the whole point of separation of powers. So that argument is <laughs> yeah, kind of really dumb. Um, I was doing some research on the exact language of that, like, relates to this, and I found a document entitled Prosecution of Criminal Offenses Against Congress that you can Google or I can put in the newsletter that sort of outlines that, if that's all, if that's interesting to you. Uh, but Judge Jackson responded this argument by saying that Congress has made it clear that prosecutors can enforce a law that makes it a crime to lie to Congress and she doesn't understand how it offends separation of powers. So the next one, the next argument they brought was that the DOJ had improperly funded special counsel Mueller because the funding is supposed to be set aside for independent counsel, not special counsel. So they're saying they shouldn't have had the money to even do this in the first place. And so everything they did is invalid. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you paid for it wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Assistant U.S. Attorney Adam Jed, who is also a former member of Mueller's team, said that uh, in the in legal circles, the term "independent counsel" is often used to describe attorneys that are specially named to conduct sensitive investigations with assurances of independence. So, basically, these arguments were getting shot down left and right, which I imagine is what was happening to Stone in high school and is possibly his origin story. Just getting (laughs) shot down constantly. That's the only thing. Like, what creates these kinds of people? I hate to relate it all to, like relationship dynamics oh and, like, yeah, sex dynamics. The way they but interpret feel-
4: rejection, some people just don't like, yes. have self-reflection enough to realize that they could be a part of the yes. problem. They're like, oh, I just, you know, incel sometimes. Like, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of just projection. It's like comedians who blame the crowd. Exactly. exactly. rejection
1: really fucks people
3: up mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. And then- they just keep swinging, though. <laughs> swinging and a miss. Well, yeah. Whether it's... Oh, it, he's a swinger, too. Oh, I like, I like whether that. Whether it's being Court a documents. or Roger Stone. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: But uh, Jackson didn't make any decisions on Thursday, and she also didn't say when she would. So the ruling on those motions is, is yet to be determined, last I
1: checked. 100% but... of my beans, he loses them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That was right. just so stupid. Mm-hmm. His, like... Judge Jackson's last nerve is probably taped to the bottom of that guy's shoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just always stepping on it. Yep. All right. Let's see here. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Judge Sullivan, who was overseeing the Flynn case, issued a couple of minute orders. Remember, this is the guy who was at Flynn's sentencing hearing who was like, I'm, you, you don't want me to sentence you today. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, you don't want. No, you don't. Did you, tre- did you check on treason for this guy? Mm-hmm. Get him the fuck out of my courtroom. Mm-hmm. You go and help cooperate and then come back and talk to me. It's that guy. So he issued a couple of minute orders a couple weeks ago where he basically ordered the government to hand over the redacted portions of the Mueller report that involved Flynn, along with the transcripts of a voicemail left by a Trump lawyer to Flynn's lawyer dangling a pardon and witness tampering, and the transcripts of the calls between Flynn and Kislyak. Uh, Those conversations with Kislyak were the contacts Flynn lied about and everybody lied about to the FBI, which is partly what prompted Sally Yates to meet with people at the White House and warn them about Flynn being compromised uh, in an effort to get the administration to act on on that warning. It wasn't just a friendly, hey, this is sketch, just wanted you to know, uh, kind of warning. Yates said um, she was warning the White House so that they would take action on Flynn. Basically, fire the dude. He's compromised. He lied to the FBI. Mm -hmm. I have proof. So the deadline for the government to comply with these orders to release the materials was Friday, this past Friday, and we got the government's response early in the afternoon. I I thought it would be around midnight, but (laughs) we got it early in the afternoon from a four-page court filing. First, they released the transcript of the voicemail from Trump's lawyer to Flynn's lawyer, which we got most of in the Mueller report um, in volume two, which outlines all the obstruction of justice violations committed by Trump. Uh, But the major difference between what was in the Mueller report and this transcript we got Friday is that John Dowd is mentioned by name. Uh, And there were a few bits left out here and there, but here's the full transcript. He says, hey, Rob, um, this is John again. Uh, Maybe I'm, I'm sympathetic. I understand your situation, but let me see if I can state it in starker terms. If you have... And it wouldn't surprise me if you've gone on to make a deal with uh, uh, work with the government. Uh, I understand you can't join the defense, the joint defense. So that's one thing. If, on the other hand, we have, uh, there's information uh, that implicates the president, then we've got a national security issue or maybe a national security issue. I don't know, some issue we got to deal with. We got to deal with not only for the president, but for the country. So, uh, you know, then, then, you know, we need some kind of heads up. Uh, just for the sake of protecting all of our interests, if we can, without you having to give up uh, any confidential information. So, um, uh, And if it's the former, then, you know, remember what we've always said about the president and his feelings toward, f- towards Flynn. And that still remains. But in any event, um, let me know. And uh, I appreciate you listening and taking the time. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. That was <laughs> word for word with the stutters and the ums and the, and the repeats. That's what it, <laughs> what it says. That's great. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm available for voiceover work whenever you need it. But that's the voicemail transcript from Dowd to Flynn's lawyer. Dowd, at the time, was Trump's lawyer. And we know from the Mueller report that Flynn's attorney returned the call, said they were no longer in a position to share information under any sort of privilege, and Dowd was indignant and vocal Uh, In his disagreement and said that he interpreted what they said as a reflection of Flynn's hostility towards Trump and he was going to tell Trump about it. (laughs) And Flynn's attorney took that as an attempt to make them reconsider their position. That's pretty blatant witness intimidation and clear obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. However, in the same reply from the government where they gave the voicemail over, uh, which was signed by Jesse Liu. Uh, the D.C. Uh, U.S. attorney. You'll remember she was being considered for the number three job in the Department of Justice but was ultimately left in D.C. And this letter was also signed by Van Grack, who is the guy from Mueller's team um, that has been put in charge of the new FARA enforcement unit at Maine Justice. That's the Foreign Agent re- of Agency re- Foreign Agents Registration <laughs> Act. And uh, so they, c- they have a whole new unit over at, at Department of Justice. Going to need that for 2020? Yeah, for sure. And Can he's call. in charge of it. Uh, and their response, this is their response, um, regarding the other two orders by Sullivan about handing over the Kislyak conversations and the redacted Flynn portions of the Mueller report. Uh, they basically said, nah. <laughs> and they didn't really give a reason. Usually you get something like, we can't release this is classified information, or classified conversations have to go through a process to be released. Um, but instead they, or, you know, we'll talk about it behind closed doors, but they didn't even say that. They just said about the Mueller report that Flynn's portions are already out to the public, and everything that's redacted are grand jury materials or sources and methods, and we can't release those to the public. Van Grack and Jesse Liu then said about the Kislyak conversations, and this is hard to follow, but they say, quote, The government is not relying on any other recordings of any person for purposes of establishing the defendant's guilt or determining his sentence, nor are there any other recordings that are part of the sentencing record which kind of is basically saying, Judge, you shouldn't want to see the Kislyak conversations because they're not relevant to sentencing. But lying about those conversations is a central charge against Flynn. And Mm -hmm. perhaps they're trying to say, you don't need to know the substance of the conversations he lied about, just that he lied about them. Maybe that's, you know, but say that then. Use your words. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't matter what they talked about, I think, is their point. But... I would think that the content of the conversation would be the entire point of proving why someone lied about the conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you need to know what they were saying. Yeah, maybe maybe they're like, if they actually hear it, it could
3: influence them emotionally, where they're like, oh, fuck this guy. Right. Really hearing him do it. He really did it. But they
1: already had evidence that he did it before. Right. And you, Or you could just say that. Say, so we think it would, you know, taint the feelings of Mm -hmm. the defendant you know something I don't know but they didn't say that Um, and it's kind of a bold move because judges orders are judges orders right generally prosecutors don't you don't want to ignore the judges order and first I thought uh oh (laughs) Sullivan's going to be pissed right about them not complying with his orders but a lot of experts are saying that this might actually be easily explained Devlin Barrett he's national security reporter for Washington Post says that even though the whole world knows these phone calls took place the prosecutors have never publicly acknowledged them. Hmm. Uh, even in the filing for the case, at moments where Flynn said in his testimony, I know, or to prosecutors, I know you guys probably recorded these phone calls anyway, that sentence is redacted. So the government is in a position of not acknowledging these calls even exist. And now a judge is telling them to make them public. So he goes on to explain that the judge does not have the authority on his own to declassify stuff. Hmm. So the prosecution here is kind of doing a dance. And this is just the first salvo, right? Because uh, to, to, to declassify stuff, the prosecution here, um, y- you know, it's going to take a back and forth, and this might be the first step. You know, like when you are trying to sell a car and you start high, and then you know you eventually get down, and you do that on purpose. This is kind of a their first sort of <laughs> go at it, yeah, no, yeah. knowingly vague response, mm-hmm. in, as it, you know, as part of their declassification dance um, mm-hmm. that they're probably going to start doing. Um, So we expect Sullivan to come back and say, what's the deal? You know what I asked for? Give it to me. And then maybe you'll get a sealed response to that, maybe a closed-door hearing uh, about the material. Maybe he could read it in a skiff. Um, This kind of thing happens a lot, apparently, where there's classified information and the government wants to keep it secret. Uh, And a judge debates pressing the government to declassify, but it's ultimately the agency's call.
3: Wait, okay, sorry. I'm realizing I've completely misunderstood this entire thing. It's the prosecution that doesn't want to declassify that? Yeah, it's oh, Van my bad. It's Mueller's team. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Totally zoned out on that <laughs> part. <laughs> He's yeah. done this
4: before, too. He's usually the one that we don't expect to be, like, hiding it, but he kind of has a habit of this, right? Mueller? Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, well, this is, it's not Mueller's team. It's the D.C. U.S. Attorney's
1: Office. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, that's it's 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 two of the it's well, Van Grack was on yeah. Mueller's team, right? Right, it's that their seems, ways.
3: Yeah, that seems like so nonsensical.
1: I didn't even register
8: with <laughs> <laughs> my brain, right? <laughs> but they to put the holding those two things together. Yeah, that's yeah. why
1: I, I, I was like, this is from Von Grack, the Farah yeah, unit totally. guy. This is for, you know, from them. Mm-hmm. The prosecution uh, does not want to release those. Hmm. So this, again, this could just be the beginning of a long back and forth. Flynn has a sentencing hearing update June 14th. We're going to be in Minneapolis that day. But uh, if there's a long back and forth, this could push Flynn's sentencing back. But Barrett uh, says uh, Sullivan is the kind of judge that demands a lot from the government. But one of the big unknowns here is how many other conversations like this were recorded because that's part of what the judge ordered, too. Yeah. Not just the Kisslyot conversations, but all conversations associated mm-hmm. with the with the case.
3: So it's probably just like a non-principle thing, then, huh? <clears throat> Maybe they don't want to set the precedent or something that they declassify any information that a, a judge asks for or something. I don't know. Because yeah, like what specific reason for that recording would they have to not want that? Yeah, I,
1: I have a I have a thing to address oh. that in uh, in a, in a few sentences. Perfect. Uh, well. Let's see if it could be. Let's see. It could be that the judge could get the information for himself to inform his sentencing, but the public might never see those conversations. That's a possibility. Uh, But one thing I wanted to bring up that this reminded me I was back in June of 2017. I think there was a hearing where Lindsey Graham was pushing the intelligence community to tell him if his conversations had been recorded and if he'd ever be able to know about it. He he asked them for over six minutes about his conversations. Are my conversations with Russians recorded? You guys got me on the... <laughs> are mine recorded? Do I know? Will I ever know? And in FISA, Section 702, apparently you don't have to inform anyone. You're collecting conversations because they might be with a sanctioned foreign actor. Mm. And there's a big process you have to go through. And what was really funny is, is he tried to start like it was a hypothetical, but then the intelligence community is like, we got your request, Senator Graham, and we're working on it. <laughs> like you did ask us for those conversations and there's a process you have to go through to, to you know, find out if you've mm-hmm. been tapped basically. So maybe that's the issue here. The, the Flynn conversations could have been obtained under a FISA warrant and the government doesn't want to go anywhere near that. That's what I'm thinking um, that's why they don't even acknowledge these conversations happened even though we all know they did hmm. is because maybe it's part of a FISA warrant and that's all super secret stuff.
3: Yeah. Are you also saying that maybe they don't want to open up the can of worms of Republicans coming out against them or something and reopening a
1: new issue with of another FISA process? No, nah, they're already being investigated already, the FISC and the FISA process. So <clears throat> I don't think that's it. I don't think the Justice Department or they, you know, I don't think they bring charges or not bring charges or investigate or not investigate based on what a political party would do. But I mean, that would definitely happen. I mean, if they were spying on Flynn... You know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, spying on friend mm-hmm. They would, they would, they would then be able to, maybe use that word with a little more vigor. Yeah. But uh, they, they, because well, then like they were sorry. listening to his conversations because he was talking to Russians. Yeah. yeah.
3: The defense maybe though, not the political parties. I should just just said the defense. Maybe the uh, defense then would start saying that, because <clears throat> if Stone's lawyers are using how they got the money to even fund the special counsel as a motion to try to like. Uh, not not go down the road that it's most certainly going to go down yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would do that <clears throat>
1: that's yeah hmm. interesting thought and guys oddly Lindsey Graham flipped on Trump during a golf outing with him it makes me wonder if Trump was told about conversations between Graham and the Russians that the government intercepted under FISA section 702 because that's when Graham Cracker started kissing his ass kind of like I know what you did last summer <laughs> um, <laughs> those are just beans we might never know Um, But we also have to remember that Barr has been given full authority to declassify whatever he wants in investigating the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation. And also, he oversees the the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office and Jesse Liu there. So as much as we might want to see the conversations, we might never get to see them, unless Mm. the Republicans want us to. In which case, you know, if the Republicans want you to, they're either cherry picking or it's good for their case or whatever. Um, so we can watch how Sullivan responds. If he's not super pissed, uh, he might have gotten a wink and a nod from maybe the Fisk, and he might just have to get into a sealed back and forth to get the information for sentencing Flynn, or he could he could blow up and keep demanding um, that they be released to the public. Either way, uh, he's not the kind of guy who fucks around, so I think we'll know sooner rather than later um, mm. on that. All right, guys, ready for sabotage? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Michael Flynn, his business partner, Bijan Kian and his associates or his associate Alptekin were indicted by Mueller, as we know, uh, for not registering as foreign agents for Turkey. And Flynn helped the government extensively in that case. And in the trial for Kian, uh, which starts in July, new documents were released that proves Flynn was being paid by Turkey to lobby Trump. And not mm. only publicly defend Turkey, to not only publicly defend Turkey, but also to try t- to connect Clinton and her campaign and her foundation to Gulen, the guy that uh, he, Flynn was paid $15 million to, mm. to kidnap and return to Turkey, mm. uh, so we, because he would be jailed and probably tortured there uh, if he did. And, and we already knew Flynn was paid over half a million to write op-eds about Gulen, and we knew uh, from a letter written to Mike Pence by Elijah Cummings way back in the day, November 2017, I think. Um, that the day after Trump appointed Flynn that Cummings wanted Pence... No, sorry, the letter was written the day after Trump appointed Flynn, so it was before Trump took office. But he wanted Pence to tell him about Flynn's lobbying activities for Turkey. But it wasn't until now in these documents that we had evidence that Flynn was actually a secret secret paid foreign
4: agent for mm-hmm. Turkey. I mean, I had a feeling. <laughs>
1: we knew. We yeah, put yeah. beans on it. Yeah, yeah. Let's beans talk came turkey. <laughs> Let's talk turkey. Yeah, we had a whole turkey episode. <laughs> All right, guys, time for the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, it is going to be okay. Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! I'm, honey. I'm going to be indicted! Hold oh,
3: it. They can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted!
1: All right, guys. If you had superseding indictments on Bijan Kian in your fantasy indictment league this week, give yourself a point. There were actually superseding indictments filed against him and Alptekin this week for lying to prosecutors about lobbying for Turkey. In his response, Keon said that the lobbying did not take place at the direction of any foreign principal. The lie detector determined that was a lie. (laughs) And uh, it was probably where we got all the new Flynn documents we mentioned in sabotage. So if you want to read the new material, uh, it's in the uh, Bijan Keon all right, his name is Bijan Rafikian, but he goes by Bijan Kian. Mm-hmm. It's on page 15 and 16 of the court documents filed on uh, May 23rd. Uh, so, uh, I think you go first, and I'm second. Ooh, okay. Trep inaugural. Ooh. Trump inaugural. <clears throat> I think there are going to be superseding indictments on Stone since Miller just testified.
4: Okay. I'm going to go ahead and take Cindy Yang. Mm. Um...
3: Tom Barrack doubling down.
4: Nice. I'm gonna go with Corsi. Mm. Uh, Trump campaign. Rando. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Miller.
3: Hmm. Um, For- for, like, inevitably lying in his testimony.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> totally. Uh, and I, I don't think we talked about that this week. Miller testified on Friday.
4: Right, in the I, daily episodes we mentioned. We did, it, but yeah. yeah. I don't
1: think I brought it up in this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Andrew Miller, longtime subpoena battler extraordinaire, <laughs> did testify Friday for two hours all about Stone. And um, mostly about Stone, I, I assume. And that's why uh, I put Stone up here. And, and I actually, Corsi and Miller mm-hmm. and so that's why. Oh,
4: Stonehenge. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, We haven't done Trump or yet, so I'm just going to take that one.
3: Okay. Um, Let's
1: do Trump Victory. Trump Victory. (gasps) Oh, that's a
4: new one. Yeah, I try to get all the Trumps to (laughs) you, like all the Trump stuff.
1: Um, Sullivan. He's an old part of Stonehenge. Yeah.
4: Yeah. What was his first name again? Do you Uh, remember? We'll just go with Sullivan. maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. irrelevant. (laughs) is it me i will do broidy oh yeah mm. my ex yeah that's right mm-hmm. yeah you're yeah. dating for a while for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> how much did you get no, uh, I'm just <laughs> oh, <laughs> i cannot say uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got an nda yeah <laughs> cool cool bro. cool uh eric prince nice good i hate that guy mm-hmm. yeah is this my fifth one it is nunberg
4: Yes, <laughs> gone full but today. Yeah, yeah. gone full number,
1: Total Stonehenge.
4: The okay. only one I didn't get on
1: there was Credico.
4: Nice, and I believe I am the last one. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, or I get confused. No, nope, you um, right. Okay, I'll go with Brittany Kaiser. Hanging on to that one.
3: Do it. So, I'm just looking over your shoulder, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Sullivan was not me.
4: Oh, thank you. That explains mm-hmm. why. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, switch. Of so you have you, you have you have one, have
3: victory. one more victory. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. Give give me victory back.
4: <laughs> give me victory. Give me death. And
3: take it away from me, <laughs>
4: Thank you. Snatched. Yeah, jaws. yeah. But I believe we are good on the number of uh, people. Yes, yeah, totally. yeah. So we're we're good now. Shred. Awesome. Thank you for that catch. Yeah, totally. Thank you for writing down. Points really. are important. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <for laughs> yeah, I never.
3: Other. I think I've got like one goddamn point.
4: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think I have one as well, but I don't remember how much they were worth. I'm yeah. hoping
1: Stone pays off twice.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Guys,
1: Big we'll be beans. right back with the host of Skull Duggery, Daniel Kleidman, and co-author of Russian Roulette, Michael Isakov. You've heard about neighborhood watch groups, right? Neighbors looking out for each other, keeping your community safe. Well, get this. The neighborhood watch is now on an app on your phone. And you might be wondering, how does that work? Well, the app is called Neighbors, and it's by Ring. That's the company behind those video doorbells and security cameras. And with the Neighbors app, you receive real-time crime and safety alerts from your neighbors. It helps you stay informed about what's going on in your neighborhood, and it's completely free. You don't even need to own the Ring device, so you can just download it for free now. Uh, I downloaded the free app. I was able to set up my neighborhood area using the really easy map filter. And I love it because my neighbors post about stuff that's going on in the neighborhood using their ring cameras. And while, yes, I've seen posts about um, car break-ins where they were able to find this subject using crowdsourcing, uh, my favorite stories are the helpful ones. Um, There was one guy who was going around knocking on people's doors asking for help, and one of the neighbors recognized him and told everyone he was a family member and that the neighbors knew it was cool to answer the door. And it turns out he found someone's dog and was looking for their owner, uh, which might not have happened had somebody not recognized him and the dog was returned to the family and they had pictures up of the reu- the reunion. It was very cute. So while it's extremely helpful for safety tips, um, I've also found it's like an online collaboration that's proven to be extremely helpful for other things like lost pets or finding a package that was delivered to the wrong address. It's really all about neighbors helping neighbors. Um, I've met more of my neighbors using the app than I have just living here for three years. So. The fact is, the app is making easier for my neighbors to work together and keep the community safe. There's millions of people using it already. It's like the new Neighborhood Watch powered by real people. So if you want to help make sure your neighborhood is safe and you want to get to know your neighbors better, download the free Neighbors app today. Go to ring.com ag to go and download from the iOS or Android app stores. That's ring.com ag and download the app from that website. Thanks a lot. You'll be glad you did. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app. Today, for the interview, we have the co hosts of the Skullduggery podcast. Uh, one of them is the editor in chief of Yahoo News, Daniel Clydman, and then also the co author of Russian Roulette, which we covered here in the MSW Book Club. And he's also the chief investigative correspondent for Yahoo News, Michael Isakoff. Guys, welcome to Muller, She Wrote. Great Thanks. to be with
5: you. Happy to be here.
1: Uh, first of all, I wanted to get. Uh, I'm absolutely astounded to be talking to you. Uh, we just found out, actually, before we even uh, started recording this conversation, that Michael Iskoff, you're the one who actually broke the story back in 1989 about Bill Barr and his memo. Yeah, the Snatch, the Authority, snatch Authority memo. memo. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, for, you know, the whole thing about basically saying it's okay to kidnap. A foreign person on foreign soil without checking with the foreign state. And I think that was uh, paving the way for some sort of coup against Manuel Noriega, which I think Bush was supporting at the time. You broke that story. That's crazy.
6: Well, um, it was crazy back then, but, you know, if you remember, uh, the uh, drug war was very much in the air as the top subject, uh, top issue of concern to voters. And there you had this drug-dealing president of uh, Panama, Noriega, who had been indicted by the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in uh, Miami and um, you know, uh, President then President George H. W. Bush, uh, with a helpful memo from uh, William Barr, who I guess was the actual he, he head of the, head the of, Office of Legal Counsel exactly. at the time, said uh, it's uh, perfectly okay to go in and snatch the guy and bring him back uh, to the United States to stand trial,
5: violating another country's sovereignty, which yes. was an early indication of his hardline views. Um, that uh, I think people are more familiar with now.
1: Yeah, and then finally when Congress was able to subpoena that memo, we we learned that uh, A.G. Barr basically left out a lot of the main, you know, consequential points when he summarized it for Congress. And uh, and that is, you know, who knew your story would get, you know, legs again today because of his characterization of the Mueller report, which, you know, before anyone ever gets to see it, before Congress gets to see it, he comes out, says it exonerates the president, uh, uses half sentences, and, and I think I think there's one full quote in there from from uh, the Mueller report. But now Mueller uh, has come out on television, and made a statement, uh, which kind of pretty much contradicts everything that was in you know Barr's characterization or summary. I know he doesn't like it to be called a summary, but that's what it was. And I was just wondering what you what your thoughts were on Mueller speaking because he doesn't even go to paper, usually. So for him right. to come out and make a televised statement like that, I thought was a big deal. And what he had to say was uh, also at extremely large consequences.
6: And, and, and if you notice, he didn't look very happy about making that statement uh, when he did. I, I don't think he enjoys the public limelight in, in the least. Now, look, um, here's my takeaway, and Dan can give you his. Um, you know, basically, all he did uh, was repeat the language in the report. Uh, he didn't add any new facts that weren't already out on the table, but obviously uh to have him saying it uh, and to and including his point that there are other remedies uh... for presidential misconduct other than charging a president with a crime which is something that's in the report but to have him say it obviously was taken by the democrats as an open invitation to uh... begin impeachment proceedings um, on the other hand I-, I was struck by the fact that Mueller made a point of not going after bill Barr. Uh, he said he has no reason to question his good faith. They had a brief disagreement about what should be publicly released, and then Barr released uh, pretty much uh, most of the report. Um, So, in my mind, uh, although a lot of people got very excited about what Mueller said, um, you know, in terms of he made it clear he doesn't want to be a witness before the House Judiciary Committee. If he's forced to be, he's not going to say anything beyond the actual language in the report. The report is my testimony, which takes away some of the steam from the Democrats about what they were hoping would be the dramatic appearance of Robert Mueller before the Judiciary Committee. And he made it clear that he's not challenging Bill Barr. He doesn't. He uh, by saying that Barr acted in good faith, he made it clear that the conspiracy theories that um, Barr shut down his investigation or forced him to cut it short or uh, did something to undermine the investigation, you know, kind of takes the steam away from that. So I'm not sure it was as dramatic a challenge to Barr as some have interpreted it to be.
5: Yeah, I I agree with Mike. Um, I I think the reason it had the impact that it did is because we haven't heard from Mueller in these two years, and he is this kind of stolid, uh, kind of sober figure. Um, And um, so, to hear him speak out loud had impact. But in terms of why he did it, you know, I don't think this was a an an impeachment referral as people have uh, characterized it, or kind of you know uh, setting up a flare to Congress, uh, time for you guys to take this up. Um, I think there are a couple of motivations, uh, and this is all speculation, but based on knowing him uh, a bit, having interviewed him in the past, this was his last opportunity to speak um, as uh, the special counsel um, since he was closing up shop. Um, I think it was important to him, and I think uh, probably very important to people in, his, in the special counsel's office, to explain the sort of legal nuances of his decision uh, not to make a uh, prosecution judgment in terms of obstruction um, because he's been criticized and the office has been criticized uh, pretty uh, severely for that uh, decision. Um, and so, and I think, as Mike alluded to, I think this was also in some ways a kind of a preemptive strike, uh, letting uh, the Democrats know that. Um, he he would not will not be a a cooperative particularly cooperative witness and maybe ho- ho- hoping that he could kind of head that off.
1: Yeah, and on I, I'll tell you what I thought about uh, to respond to what Michael just said about what uh, Mueller was talking about. Barr responding in good faith. I feel like he was specifically talking about releasing the full report to the public. I think I don't think he was saying Barr wholly and grandly acted in good faith in everything that he did. Uh, but we all, you know, I mean, i never worked with Mueller. At, uh, the only, all, all I know about him is what I've learned about him through this process and through other people. But I, I wasn't expecting, expecting him to come out and say anything that wasn't outside the four corners of that report. Um, but it, it definitely did contradict a lot of what Barr said in his press conference. Um, but, yeah, I thought that the good faith comment was a little odd. Uh, but as far as the... Um, OLC memo, what what, what Barr resp- has responded after Mueller came out and, and did his public statement, and Barr is saying that uh, Mueller should have and could have made a call on whether or not were, the president committed a crime. He just wasn't allowed by the OLC memo to indict him because, as you know, you can't indict a sitting president. But I think Mueller's read of the OLC memo is that the reason you can't indict a sitting president is because he doesn't have a way to defend himself in court. And therefore, even saying he committed a crime, you would be he would not be allowed to defend him or not be able to defend himself, um, which he would on Twitter. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, and he wouldn't have a, that legal venue to do that.
5: Yeah. It's not as if the president doesn't have uh, a megaphone to defend himself. But, you know, uh, Mueller is a guy who thinks about process and and judicial process and was really thinking about a a court of law. But I don't actually know, Mike, maybe you know whether uh, what Mueller's Mueller's interpretation of the OLC memo was an inference uh, or if it says explicitly in the memo somewhere Uh, that one of the reasons you don't indict a sitting president is because uh, he or she wouldn't have an opportunity to defend himself in a court of law.
6: Well, no, because the memo goes to the question of whether a president could be indicted and tried. Right. Whether it addresses that, I do not remember. I'd have to go back and look at it. But look, this strikes me as an issue that is, you know, can be debated in law schools and seminars for uh, years into the future, which is kind of interesting because it's not anything I think that, um, you know, was a matter of public discussion until all this arose uh, back in the Ken Starr days Ken Starr had commissioned a, a memo that said a president could be indicted a guy named Ron Rotunda a right. uh, law distinguished law uh, uh, school professor wrote that uh, but the uh, justice department uh, uh, the Clinton holder justice department came out with an OLC memo in 2000 saying uh, a president couldn't be indicted at that point. They were driven by protecting Bill Clinton, who still, you know, was facing a potential criminal charge after he left office. That was the uh, Clinton the,
5: Reno Justice Department, but Holder was, I think, involved in that. No, right. no Holder
6: that, was was an Holder deputy AG. general. He
5: was deputy. I'm sorry. Deputy, yeah. Yes, you're right.
6: Um, so, uh, you know, and then I also see Barr's perspective of well, if you aren't, if you can't indict. Somebody, i.e., the president, um, on, under what right do you use the grand jury process and all the tools of the Justice Department to investigate that person? I mean, you're, you're not an arm of the Congress. You're not a fact gatherer for a congressional referral. You're in either you're a Justice Department prosecutor there to either indict or not, and it's a, as he's put it, a binary decision. I think he's got a valid point. Point there, um, as does Mueller, saying, you know, this was a. I think this was a very uh, unusual set of circumstances, and I'm not sure there's a clear answer as to what is the best way to handle such a situation. As well, Because,
5: remember, his mandate was not just to investigate the president of the United States. It was to investigate the Russia. Right. Uh, you know, Russia. So in, in the, the
6: course in Romex- of that investigation, he comes across evidence damning evidence that the president is trying to obstruct that investigation um you know but if he's bound by olc opinion he cannot indict the president so
1: yeah and i think he was working on that premise from day one
6: well that's an interesting question because if he
1: was then
6: what was the grounds for doing the fact gathering in which the only real target
5: was donald trump well, but his right. he addressed that right in his statement. He because said he said there could have been other co-conspirators. Well, there could have been other co-conspirators, uh, but also yeah. it, it is important to uh, to create the record, to establish, get the evidence while right. it's still fresh, right. in, in, implying that there could be a prosecutor down two years from now or six years from now who might decide to indict uh, yeah. the president once he's left office. Yeah.
1: Yeah, not so much fact finding and gathering for Congress to impeach, but fact finding and gathering for future possible prosecutions under criminal law. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would argue that just with volume two and everything that's in it, that is actually Mueller saying that the president committed a crime because he outlined, you know, the three criteria you have to meet to obstruct justice and he outlined which instances of obstruction met those three criteria and just stopped short of saying he's a fucking criminal. So, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people would say the report speaks for itself. The problem is, and I can't remember who said this on MSNBC. It might have been Chuck Todd, who, it, eh. But I think he said something like, the problem here is Mueller brought a book to a Twitter fight. <laughs> That's a yeah. good line.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It like is, it. right? Yeah. I wish I thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I I don't think we should look uh, to uh, for Bob Mueller, uh, for Mueller to, start, to tweeting. start tweeting anytime soon.
1: Yeah. 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 It's too bad, too, because I really <laughs> want to tweet at him. But uh, but you guys should invite him
6: on your show, don't you think?
1: I, I would love to. I just have no idea how to... What do you just... Uh Google him. <laughs>
6: well, he's got. I have well, no idea
1: how to get a hold of him. I bet you do, though, Isakoff. I could probably email Peter Carr, yeah. but that email shut down. Well,
6: uh, well, he's still around. In fact, didn't he put out a statement just the other day in response to the um, Michael Wolff book? Uh The uh, Michael yeah. Wolff book says that uh, Mueller drafted an indictment of Trump, uh, and uh, well, yes, and Wolff says
5: he's seen it. Uh, well, you, and, and you, you know it was bullshit because the the draft the draft in Indictment apparently said "U.S. against Trump." Yeah. I've never seen an indictment that used the word not "against." That's the way it reads. Yeah, way, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a podcast term, not a legal yeah. term.
5: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. And then, of course, we have this whole counterintelligence piece, which is missing. This is the investigation opened by uh, Andy McCabe after he asked the FBI. Uh, After Trump asked the FBI to stop the Flynn investigation and then made public statements about Russia and then fired Comey and then told Lester Holt he fired Comey because of the Russia thing. And then he told the Russians in the Oval Office that he fired Comey uh, because Russia had lifted off his shoulders. So, you know, McCabe was like, these are verifiable, articulable facts. That is good enough to open an investigation. And those are the oranges of the investigation. But now... Uh, who in the FBI would be uh, be able to brief the Gang of Eight on this counterintelligence piece? We know Schiff uh, subpoenaed Barr for it, and then he threatened to hold him in contempt, and Barr was like, "Okay, I, Uncle," and is going to send him some stuff. But who, without you know these, you know, the, I call them the Comey Five, like Gaddis, Bowditch, Ribicki... Um, McCabe and I think we p- added Wente as a, God, you guys as are the in the weeds yeah. I like this I, I, and of course yeah. Jim Baker with all those guys gone who in the F is gonna go brief the gang of eight about terrible hor- like who's gonna hold the president if the president is a asset if he's a compromised who's gonna who's in charge it's Barr
6: uh, well, there's Christopher Wray, the FBI director, who presumably has the results of whatever counterintelligence investigation. That presumes there are results. I mean, my sense is that, um, yes, in a formal sense, that counterintelligence investigation um, was expanded, I guess, in scope by McCabe in those crazy days of uh, uh, February 2017, but um Uh, Or May, I guess it was. It was May. Uh, But um, that the, uh, you know, whether it went anywhere or added up to anything, I think, you know, Mueller had the results. He put, you know, he put everything he knew uh, and could share in volume one. I'm not uh, I don't expect there's some sort of bombshell that Bob Mueller has held back on.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, And one last question before I let you guys go. What uh, what do you guys think about um, opening an impeachment inquiry? Not a, not a full on impeachment thing, but an inquiry. I think a uh, more since Mueller came out and gave his public statement, I think a lot more people, a lot more Democrats are calling for it. Of course, we've got that one, you know, GOP guy. <laughs> um, was it Justin Amash? Justin
5: Justin Amash. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, it seems to me that uh, look that. I think the American people right now, according to all the polls, just sh- shy of fifty percent support an impeachment uh, proceeding, and obviously you don't have the twenty uh, Republicans in the Senate that you would need uh, to con- to convict. So it was a very, I think, um, tough uh, slog uh, uh, until uh, the Trump administration started stiff arming the Congress uh, on you know, all of their oversight requests, essentially, um, all subpoenas, witness witnesses uh, coming before the committees. And that did give Democrats um, a, a, a plausible argument uh, to proceed with uh, an impeachment inquiry, um, because it, it gives them a better leg to stand on, uh, to go to court, um, enforce these subpoenas, um, and get the documents they need to do their uh, traditional oversight uh, responsibilities. Um, and so you saw for a while there, Democrats kind of gained some, uh, who, who were in favor of, of impeachment, gained some momentum. Um, and um, it, it looked like you know, there was at least the possibility that that would continue and maybe that would bring uh, more Americans along and ultimately uh, Nancy Pelosi. I think that's kind of petered out a bit. Um, So I think they're still stuck in the sort of 40 to 45 uh, Democrats who support it. That's not nearly enough.
6: The problem with starting an impeachment uh, inquiry is that you have to then finish it. And you know, number one, it sucks up all the oxygen in Washington. So all the news coverage would be about the impeachment inquiry and what the next step was and who the witnesses are. But that and when could the be vote. a good thing. It could. But, you know, if you're Nancy Pelosi and you're worried about um, uh, promoting the Democratic agenda to voters that uh, on issues they care about, like health care and uh, jobs and the economy and climate change and a whole host of other things, um, you don't want to necessarily... Necessarily be uh, tagged as the impeachment party and you know look it, you know at the end of the day if you start an impeachment inquiry you know people want to know, well, what's the results of it? And it would be a very difficult vote for anybody on the Judiciary Committee to vote against actual impeachment once you start the inquiry. In fact, we had Steve Cohen on, who's a member of the Judiciary Committee, uh, a week or so ago. He said 90% of the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee are already for impeachment. Um, So, uh, it would have to, if you start it, you have to then, you know, vote on it. It will get voted on the House floor, and that's a really difficult vote for Democrats on the House floor um, because, you know, particularly those in swing districts, uh, you know, are they going to want to vote for impeachment? Then you vote for impeachment, the House does it, does it almost entirely on partisan grounds, it goes to the Senate, and then it goes nowhere. So... If you are a Democratic leader, you know, you have to live in the real world as much as you want to uphold the Constitution and do your constitutional duty.
1: I see. So kind of what you're saying is that uh, it, it'll lose at some point, whether it loses in the House, whether it loses before it gets out of committee, whether it, may, it, it might you not know, if it doesn't make it out of the inquiry stage uh, or if it gets stymied in the Senate. It's going to lose at some point. And then Trump has a talking point where he. Is a, he gets again, exonerated. Totally
6: exonerated. Yeah, yeah. Well, think of what he can do with that in the election. Yeah, they impeached me, and guess what? You know, went to the Senate, and it got voted down. I was cleared. I was exonerated.
5: No collusion. <laughs> no obstruction. Yeah. No impeachment. impeachment. Yeah. I yeah mean,
1: he's already saying that, though. I, I, I personally don't think it would make. Uh, that much of a difference in the election since the bar exoneration didn't give him any bump at all in his approval rating. I think his base is his base and that's just where it's going to stay no matter what. Like whether he whether he's totally exonerated or whether he shoots somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, I think that that base is exactly where it's going to stay.
6: You're probably right about that.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, sure. Can you tell us about Skullduggery, where where uh, our listeners can find it and where we can find your book? Because uh, I think we're probably going to re-release the the Russian roulette stuff with, with this, I mean, was it weird to like read, open up the Mueller
5: report volume one and read your entire book?
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, like I wrote this,
5: but you know, it's I think cough has a little more uh, narrative flair. Uh,
6: yeah. I actually it. think Russian roulette is a, is a better read than yeah. the <laughs> report itself. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I have to say it's
5: one of the
1: more well-written books that we've read.
6: Yeah. And we should mention my co author, David Korn, um, who's, um, um, you know, we wrote I wrote it with. Um, but, um, you know, by the way, I noticed that when you guys read the report or, re- you know, did a show on it, it was behind a, a, a some kind of uh, firewall or something. Right. You had to pay to call the paywall, to a paywall. Yeah. Thank we
1: you. released them early and ad free for our patrons, for our premium subscribers. And then we ask for feedback on it and corrections and stuff. So we have this group. Uh, feeling to it, and then uh, we re-record them and release them to the public. So part one and part two are now available on our main feed for the public.
6: Well, I will download that. And just in answer to your question, Skullduggery uh, is a weekly pod that uh, Kleidman and I do in which we are uh, devoted to many of the same issues as your listeners uh, uh, listen to you for. Um, and, um, you know, the, uh, we, we actually have gotten some pretty interesting guests and made some waves. I, we've had the only interview that George Conway has ever done. Um, uh, you go back in October; he had quite a few things to he, say. He called interest. the Trump
5: administration what was it? A shit show and in, a dumpster fire,
6: or was it a dumpster or was it fire a dumpster and a shit show? I don't know. It was one or the other. <laughs> We'd never heard of either of anyway, those phrases, so. but it was pretty interesting. Uh, Conway and I go way back, uh, as do uh, as he does with Dan as well, because we knew him very well during the Clinton days, where he played a uh, a, a pretty key role. Uh, uh, in the events that led to Bill Clinton's impeachment, uh, and he talks about that on this uh, on the uh, on the skullduggery appearance. And can he I make,
5: can I use that to just make a, a quick plug sure. for our second podcast? It's it's uh, under the banner of Skullduggery. It's called Buried Treasure, uh, and we do that as often as we can, usually weekly. And that is where we go and we look at a scandal. Uh, that uh, that we generally a scandal that we covered uh, in the past. Monica Lewinsky was a good example. Right. Um, you know, for Isakoff there was also the teapot dome mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. You know, you and covered that,
6: right? The, the, the Grant Administration whiskey
5: ring. <laughs> yeah. My first one. Right. And then how it sheds light uh, on uh, and illuminates um, today's scandals. Um, so for sort of his scandal history buffs, um, it's a yeah. lot of fun. It's called uh, Buried Treasure.
1: Awesome. So Buried Treasure uh, and Skullduggery, you can get them wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Isakov, Kleidman, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been really enlightening and an honor to speak to you. Great to be with you. Thanks so much. All right, guys, that's our show. We will see you on the road. What do we got? Minneapolis, June 14th, Philly, July 17th, Chicago, July 27th, and now San Francisco, August
4: 30th. Yes, I'm so excited. I know. I haven't been to San Francisco since the 80s. I've what? never been. I'm oh, so Francisco ready. Is awesome. Oh, San awesome. Yeah, first time right, right here. It's so mm-hmm. much fun there. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. city. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm really excited. Stonewall. Philly, Philly is all so began. dope, too. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about Philly. I've heard great things. Um, But yeah, San Fran is a special one because just pride season. I mean, it'll be kind of the end of pride season, but just like, yeah, the vibes up there. San Mm -hmm. Fran. I'm excited.
1: Yes, but don't call it San Fran while you're there.
4: Oh, they hate that? They'll hiss you. They'll make this sound.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Slytherin much. Yeah. They'll make that sound if you call it that. Okay. Or uh, they call it the city.
4: Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Pretentious, but I like it. the city. (laughs)
1: The city. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, 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 I just haven't been in so long. It's going to be fun. I mean, mm-hmm. my favorite part is hanging out with the patrons and hanging out with you guys, the audience. So Absolutely. It's just, you guys are the, seriously, every single venue we've been to has been like, your audience is the most polite, kindest, awesomest audience we've ever had. So yeah,
4: it's like a family reunion. It feels like a Mueller junkie, like kind of. MullerCon. Yeah. Mueller Con. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Totes my goats. Oh, <laughs> And I think we
1: got Richard Painter from Minneapolis. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I think he's going to be joining us at the Minneapolis show. I know. It's so rad. <laughs> it's hard to get somebody in Minneapolis, you know? Yeah, let
4: alone Richard Painter. Yeah, oh, my goodness. He lives there. So it's cool. Perfect.
1: Uh, all right, guys. Any last thoughts? Final
4: thoughts? No? Take care. Yeah. Have a great week. June. It's freaking June already. We're halfway, summer, yeah, June. halfway through frickin 2019. Summer. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the summer. Yeah. Me too. No, get no warm.
1: final
3: thoughts other than goodbye. goodbye goodbye
1: goodbye 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 (laughs) goodbye uh i've been
4: ag i've been jaleesa johnson i've been jordan coburn
1: and this is muller she wrote muller she wrote is produced and engineered by ag with editing and logo design by jaleesa johnson our marketing consultant and social media manager is sarah lee steiner and our subscriber and communications director is jordan coburn Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com.